you have been cordially invited to the Eternal Slumber Party. update my little clacker board i was really busy unboxing and recording my hot takes on the packaging of the twilight color pop collection so i didn't um it's fair didn't update um i will say still would have been a one-star review overall one star or just for the packaging oh no i'm talking about the movie Oh. <laughs> oh no packaging okay the box it came in would have been a one-star review i was very underwhelmed by the plain white box the actual like little packaging that stuff came in a uh, mixed bag the lip oils had the best packaging i don't understand that eyeshadow box why it's a different color from everything else you'll have to wait for my hot takes on how the makeup is hot takes hot takes come and get hot it takes. Hot takes. Get your hot takes, yeah? So I got homework in therapy today, and you're going to crack up at what it is. Oh, my God. Hit me with it. My homework was to read more. (laughs) Hey, great news. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I was like, therapist, doctor, therapist. Oh, doctor therapist. Why? Uh, so... Why can't I? Like, I'm struggling to focus. I'm struggling with my attention span. I'm struggling to retain information. I'm struggling to remember things. And he was like, "When's the last time you read a book?" And I was like, "A long time ago." And he was like, "You should, you should start reading again. It helps with all of those things. Like, it's really yeah. proven that it helps with all those things." And I was like, "Okay, well." Good thing I have approximately a million books to read. (laughs) I bought another one yesterday. That was my, I went to Target yesterday as a treat. After I left work and cried (laughs) on the way to Target, I got into Target, got what I needed. And then as a little treat, I got myself another book. I haven't read in months. I'm buying books. Buying books and reading books, two separate hobbies. All right, let's establish that first off. Second, second thing I'm going to establish you know the best way to read books? I don't like reading any other way now. I will turn on a YouTube ambient reading video in the background. Oh, that's, that's the like only way Barry to do it. Forest. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh. There, do, you, do you know what I've been falling asleep to every night for the past couple weeks? What? 10 hour Akatar Night Court sounds oh, and music. So no mid roll ads. <laughs> Ah, see, I have ads. I am a no. Broke see, bitch. no, you gotta find the ones that specifically say there's no mid-roll ads. See, I didn't realize I could do that. I just turn on whatever eight-hour thing that I pull up first, oh. but I'm like, that matches the vibe. Rainy background. Oh, hell yeah, baby. Oh yeah, that's what I do Holy. all the time. Play, but I don't pay for YouTube, so and I watch on like my TV down here, so I get ads, which is a that's, bummer. That's fine. Um, yeah, so I got my ColourPop. If you couldn't tell from the introduction, I do have my ColourPop Twilight collection. I'm so mm. excited to start playing around with it and telling people how much I like it. Um, it is sparkly. 
let me tell you guys, that is some makeup of a killer. <laughs> and you are not saying that in a way in which you are disappointed. You're saying that in a way in which it all gained a star because of that. Because if we know anything yeah. about Miss Kirsty, Eternal Slumber Party host, it is that if it is not bejeweled or sparkled, it's not for her. It's mm -mm. if if there is no glitter, it's lost points in my book. I actually it needs to be sparkly. So the the face, the bejeweled ghost face mask, I have a picture of myself in it on one of my um dating profiles that may or may not be killed soon. Okay. And one person messaged me and was like, Oh my gosh, was that a custom like where'd you get that mask? Like, did you do that or is it a custom like order that you got somewhere? And I was like, kind of both. Like my best friend did it and she made one for herself, but she basically forced it's like bespoke. she was bespoke like she was i was like it's custom no my friend did it and he was like neat and i was like no give her more praise my friend did this for fun <laughs> like my friend woke up and chose glitter i sent you the picture of where it ended up like being hung up in my apartment right yeah no it's uh gorgeous it's in a lovely shadow box that margo customized to have like blood splatter on the back it's with the knives knife that we are carrying around um it looks wonderful and it's next to uh the pictures of us with nev campbell and the picture of us with um our ghost face boys yes i'm almost 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 done decorating but i have a massive project left so love love and hate that for you maybe i'll just spend all weekend working on it We'll see. Or maybe I'll spend all weekend reading. Or maybe I'll spend all weekend doing absolutely nothing because I am brain dead. You should read. I have so many books. I still have a trilogy to finish. May bought me two books for Christmas. I just bought myself another book yesterday. I still have not touched Throne of Glass or Crescent City. Or I, The Wicker. Last time um, I went into a bookstore, I bought myself four books one i'm not counting because it's going to be for the podcast was that when we went into barnes and noble yeah i bought That's a ton right. of books um i don't know why i don't know what came over me i still have the entirety of throne of glass that series to read uh god i finally just finished throne of glass so i can move on to the next one i went in target yesterday i've like seen the first couple of books of throne of glass and i was like okay so they're all about this length one of those fuckers is this thick yeah, no, there's some girthy ones. I'm taking it slow. Here's the thing. I'm going to justify You're my taking procrastination. taking the girth slow? What? You're taking the girth slow? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I can't believe I went back to that one. I oh do want God. you to realize that, both, like, unironically, you just fully last week let me say, shoot, come down someone's throat, and you didn't even question it. There was nothing to question. I agree with fair, you in though, the moment. You also straight up just went cream pie. We straight up had a conversation about cream pie. Yeah. Unironically had a conversation. Okay. This is the poopo loophole all over again. <laughs> should we move into the movie? Because this is going to be a doozy, I feel. No, this is going to be a doozy. Um, Actually, first, before, oh, yeah. before that, okay. I... We were listening back through the episode, last week's episode, for Breaking Dawn Part 1, and I wanted to issue a real quick apology, because I feel like I said some things 
that were borderline transphobic and I did not mean for it to come across that way. Uh, we are very trans friendly. We love our trans brothers, sisters and non-binary siblings. So I'm very sorry um, for those comments. I don't want to dwell on it, but I wanted to address it because I'm like, I listened back, didn't love it. It's too late to edit that out. So wanted to apologize. And on that note, let me pull up the synopsis. Before that, I have a clarification. Kirstie, oh, no. I fact-checked you. Oh, God. Oh, no. What's the clarification? What did I mess up? Last week, you said they only had sex once on their honeymoon. That is not true. They had sex three times on their honeymoon. In the book or in the movie? In the book. Okay, so I think we were talking specifically about the movie, though. No, because you, right? Percy, or, you cannot can claim that you yeah, did no, not have every single fact go, well, in the book. In the book. In the book. The see, eggs. Stephanie Meyer said in the illustrated guide. No, I distinctly remember because I was Damn. listening through to it again. And it, you were like, in the book, they only have sex on their honeymoon once. And I Googled it as second I heard you say that. And I looked it up and I was like, nope, they had sex more than once. <laughs> Wow, um, I'm a fake fan. I will see myself out. It's been yeah, fun. It's your, been real. You and your I eggs relinquish. Go. Um, now hiring new host for a Journal <laughs> Slumber Party podcast. Now it's all mine. Someone please take my spot. Marshall <laughs> cannot be left unchecked. <sighs> I'm so glad that I could be fact checked. Thank you for fact checking me. Yeah, no problem. I have a question for you now before we do the synopsis because I want to know this. Which one did you like better, part one or part two? Oh, no. Because I have a very clear answer. And this is why I think this is going to be an interesting recording because I think the mindset that I was in when I watched this movie has altered a lot of what I think about this movie. I think part two was better than part one. I agree. I think part two was better than part one. Part two, I think um, it was wrapping up. People were across the board, done, tired. It was the worst part of the whole series. Breaking Down Part Two, I think, is the worst part because so many plot holes, like so many plot lines, have to get wrapped up. And like, how do you end this this series, this story? <laughs> I will say. As far as breaking it into two movies, they got real lucky that they had such an easy break in this book. Oh, that's a hot take, because I was going to say, I think that they broke it in a bad way, because they tried to tell two-thirds of a story in one movie, and then one-third of a story in the second half. Yes. And my big issues with Breaking Down Part 2 is that so many more interesting characters are just rapid-fire like introduced to you that you don't get to spend any time with anyone or care about anyone are you saying that breaking dawn part one had two-thirds or breaking dawn part two had two-thirds breaking dawn part one would have had two-thirds because the way that breaking dawn is set up. so then you we should have had more time with these characters yeah so why are you wait why are you saying it was a bad break if we got more time with them um because i feel like the last third so with how breaking down the book is, the first third in Bella's perspective, we just get wedding honeymoon. Then we uh -huh. have Jacob's perspective, which is like the entire pregnancy. Right. Then we go back to Bella to, you know, um, essentially 
learn about Renesmee, deal with the Volturi, yeah. introduce her life as a vampire. And the right. reason why I think it was a bad break is because you're trying to get two thirds of that story in a movie that is the same length of one third. So I feel like you got more time, but you are also trying to fill this dead air of the movie by introducing all these characters. Part two had a lot of dead air, you're saying. It had a lot of, and I also had this issue with Suicide Squad, the first one, where you are introducing these characters, but you're so, not giving me a reason to care about them. Suicide Squad is different in the sense that two-thirds of Suicide Squad had been shot and produced and edited, and then they decided to completely change all of it because of a leak. And so things got reshot and re-edited to yeah. Suicide Squad, like you and I have talked about this before, to the point where the continuity of Suicide Squad in itself is just awful. I will say, I think personally, part two, Breaking Dawn part two, had better pacing than part one. I think when I compare all of the things that I judge a movie on, Breaking Dawn part two is the better of the two movies. Yes. I will say plot wise, it, I think that part one had a better plot and like at least was a more I'm, interesting part of the story. Hold we're, on. We're going to have to get into it. Hold on. What, hold on. What, what, I'm sorry. What? You spent how many hours, two, over two hours last mm -hmm. week talking about how much, no, you didn't spend the whole time yeah. doing this, but how you were like, they put the wedding at the beginning. The wedding is supposed to be at the end. This, this doesn't make any sense. Why did we spend so much time on this? This could have been a montage. We could have done this. And you're saying yeah. that, that was the better part? I'm saying plot-wise because I think my biggest issue with Breaking Dawn Part 2 is how much time was character introductions for characters that are being introduced within the last hour of the last movie that we're never going to see again. That I don't think that there was enough I... plot left in the last third to warrant a movie of this length. Like, it was the same... We are not going to... We have, we're just going to have to get into it because you're asking me which yeah. my favorite is. And points-wise, between the two of them, if I were to break down everything, Breaking Dawn Part 2 is arguably better. I think they went back to what made the original Twilight movie so good in that they leaned into the absurdity of making a yes. vampire movie. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. I don't I, think I, the actual I, story... Like, if I were to just read the script without watching the other three movies between Part 1 and Part 2, I would say Part 2 had the weaker storyline in comparison to part one see and yeah i would say otherwise but i think that's because i'm i kind of looked at it this context of like okay here's the first four movies this is a whole new world like this is like those are over there in human bella and then these are over here and we're introducing a new world now so all of this to me was like here's the world building here's like this stuff that we didn't get to see because we were human perspective. And so, but I did also spend most of the time being like, can someone create more books in this universe, please? <laughs> like, this is interesting to me. And I think that's also like one of the issues I had is like with part one, I was like, there's a lot that got cut out, but they had to cut it because they cut it from Eclipse. So you can't go back and retcon what you've already taken out of the universe, which yeah. is just an issue I had with Breaking Dawn because- it, it built from Eclipse to Breaking Down Part 1 to then Breaking Down Part 2. And I do think they had to water down a lot of the absurdity that is Breaking Down Part 2 
and the weirdest details of Breaking Dawn Part 2 because the source material is so batshit when you take it out of book contest context and then throw it on screen you're like oh this is so much worse than i could have ever imagined also there are no werewolves in this like there are werewolves there are no native american actors like yeah. there is sue clearwater and there is we see sam once and then there is Taylor Lautner, who is not actually a Native American actor. Otherwise, the only other time we see any of those characters are in wolf form. And the ending credits. And the we'll talk about the ending credits. And then we also see like three young boys who. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna get there because I'm going <laughs> we'll to there. like. We'll get there. We have some yeah. complaints. We have some takes. So Breaking Dawn Part Two. This came out 2012. This again PG-13 movie. So we'll keep that in mind when we discuss this. Here's the synopsis. Bella awakes as a vampire from her life-threatening labor and her newborn daughter, Renesmee, proves to be very special indeed. While Bella adjusts to her new state of being, Renesmee experiences accelerated growth. When the Volturi learn of the baby's existence, they declare her to be an abomination and sentence the Cullens to death. Bella, Edward, and the rest of the clan seek help from allies around the world to protect their family. You remember how I was like, last week, the plot, they set, they blew you up threw the train track, and, we, yeah, yeah. and we like went into space. This is the new space plot. This is, this is Twilight in space. They took the screenplay, waved it over Breaking Dawn, and said good enough. It's the LaCroix of Twilight Breaking Dawn. It's it's the White Claw of Breaking Dawn. No, because White Claw actually has flavor. It's sugary. Oh, this but has it's... flavor. Okay. Is it good flavor? Well, okay, you know what? Here's the other thing. White Claws can at least get me a little bit tipsy. This movie did nothing for me. Oh, I Okay, I have to I have to be honest. In the way that I love Twilight in a kitschy, like, so bad it's good way, I kind of loved this movie. They were more... Okay. I will be honest. Again, I am acting like I'm such a hater. There were moments of this movie that I did enjoy. I liked some of the memes. I will discuss yeah. all of the parts that we liked. Um, I want to say that this has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.5 on IMDb. 5.5 out of 10. I'll accept those. Um, I think that means Eclipse was the lowest rated. Let me check. Not shocked because Eclipse came out about the time everyone turned on Twilight. No, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. I just Googled it. Um, Breaking Dawn Part 1 had a 25%. Yeah. I, what did Eclipse have? Um, a 47. Oh, I just saw this number. Uh, 47. Okay. Because I remember you saying it was 25%. That That doesn't surprise me at all. Oh, New Moon had 29. How did New Moon have 29? That has to be a mistake. That seems disrespectful. That seems just wrong. How the it hell is... are you going to do that to Where the Hell Have You Been, Loka? That alone makes that movie at least a 40%. Um, And the original Twilight has a 49%. So here's the other thing. That tracks... I would yeah. say with where, except for New Moon, the fact that New Moon is rated so low is genuinely surprising because I think it's, the first two are the best two. 
I, I would say, in my personal opinion, after watching all five of it, because I do also want to note, for the record, everybody out there, this is the first time that Kirsty and I have both watched Breaking Dawn Part 1 and 2. Yeah. We had not seen them before this. So now that I've officially seen them, my personal ranking for the movies goes Twilight, New Moon, Breaking Dawn Part 2, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn Part 1. That's my order. I think Eclipse is my least favorite. I am okay with Eclipse because I was a Team Jacob girly at the end of it all. And I I lived for those Team Jacob moments. I understand. And you are you were there. You experienced how much I hated Breaking Dawn Part 1. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nope, I understand. I understand. We can now jump into our thoughts on the movie now that we've done the synopsis. Opening sequence for this movie very classic twilight like i was watching this opening sequence and i was like you know what this makes me think of yeah. the classic twilight we're we're back there it's not as blue but it's not, it's as, not orange. as orange there's no artistic tint to it but no artistic it's tint. it gives us something oh i wanted to say because i wanted to bring up at the end of last episode the timeline because we need to talk about the timelines for how things are happening how things are progressing so okay. They got, they were engaged for two months. They got engaged in June, married in August. Okay. So everyone expecting Bella to be pregnant makes sense because I did Google this and the average length of engagement is about a year. Yeah. Like to actually plan a wedding. So the fact that they were able to pull this all together so quickly and have such a huge wedding. They have a sister that doesn't literally doesn't sleep so (laughs) yeah but they don't know that like you have to remember we're thinking from like the town's perspective on this yes so they would not know that she doesn't sleep they would not know that they have superhuman strength and speed and ungodly amounts of money so very quick turnaround um it feels like something was either always in the works or she was pregnant so i get that yes they go on their honeymoon in August. Yes. She's gone for the entirety of August. Mm-hmm. And then Bella gives birth to Renesme. And Stephanie Meyer chose this date. This date was not random. Like when she was writing, she could have realized her mistake, gone back, edited a few things. Because mm-hmm. this book came out in like 2008, I think. I think so. Like 2008. Or it, something. it came out the same year the first movie came out. Yeah, it was 2008. Yeah. Renesmee was born on September 11th. When is Bella's birthday? Bella's birthday is the 14th? 13th. Because in the movie they say... Or is it the 14th? Three days. Um, In the movie they say three days. So that's why that was one of the things I wanted to double check. I... Here's the thing. I Googled it because I was like, I I don't think that this is correct. Like, I must be misremembering. But it is if you go onto her Wikipedia page, which if you look up Renesme and just Google it, I don't know if this is my algorithm or not, um, but it brings up like a lot of fandom stuff where it's like a fandom wiki and it was talking about like her, like her children with Jacob, but it seems to just be fan casts. And it's the weirdest thing I've ever witnessed trying to Google and get information. 
I don't see so Bella's birthday is September 13th. Yeah, and she was changed on September 11th, 2006, which is when Renesmee's birthday is. Okay. I thought, yeah, because they, so in my head, it's September 13th. She was changed three days before her birthday. That would be September 10th. Are they Jesus mathing this? I think they're Jesus mathing this because I think that they're counting when she started turning when they bit her. Which I understand was... what I mean when I say Jesus counting. I mean, I, I don't, but I didn't really go to church so basically it's the idea of good friday and resurrection sunday oh okay killed on friday raised rose from the grave on sunday but he's supposed to be dead for three whole days three whole nights it's not possible unless he was actually killed on wednesday <laughs> so that's why i say they're jesus okay. mathing it got it uh, yeah, anyways so who knew that, that jesus sense. was gonna come into this okay um i feel like everyone <laughs> Jesus is needed here. Yeah, he he was going to come some way or another. So I just wanted to point out that Stephanie Meyer decided to have Renesmee born on September 11th, which is just kind of weird because this book came out in... So she would have turned on uh, September 11th, 2006, which would have been the five-year anniversary of 9-11, See, this says two days before her birthday in Breaking Dawn. The movie, you know what? I think the movie was attempting to retcon it and say I think three the movie days so that her birthday was September 10th. I think that was a movie retcon. I think the movie was trying to retcon. And I get it. But also, for any listener who may not have been born or did not live in the United States post 9-11, like after that time, there was a weird level of patriotism for at least the first eight years, eight, nine years, I yeah, think. Yeah, easily, easily. To where, to have Renesmee born on the fifth year, or like the five-year anniversary of 9-11, is such a batshit insane choice. Yeah. Like, absolutely insane. And I don't know how to describe, like, no, it was a weird level of patriotism, except for I just saw a clip um, of or just like a TikTok of a bunch of different clips of the episodes that aired right after 9-11 of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh and my they are god. All wearing red, white, and blue. Every character wears red, white, or blue, or the American flag, or has the American flag on their person for two years. From 2001 to like 2002. So I guess I'm Jesus mathing that too. But like it's a season of they are not wearing anything but American flags. Yeah. And it's very strange to look back at it but again it's just a very strange choice yeah although wait no i take it back that actually makes a lot of sense because my chemical romance which is what inspired stephanie meyer to write these books only formed because gerard way watched 9 11 happen there's another point that i want to talk about my chem and i think you know what i'm talking about The other thing I want to say, going back to the opening sequence that we seem to only be able to talk for a million years about, the song that was playing for this opening sequence is Bella's Lullaby. So we are back, back to class. And I think that's one reason why I enjoy this, because it was like, okay, we've come full circle. We went through the entire cycle of insanity, and we are now back to kitschy weirdness. Yes. So we have this gorgeous, just to kind of like explain the opening sequence, Mm -hmm. gorgeous nature shots. like just like expansive mountains and lakes and waterfalls and like 
hint like splashes of red coming across and like the tight like opening and it's gorgeous and these building over the entirety of Bella's lullaby and then we cut to the exact moment in which Breaking Dawn part one ended with Bella's eyes opening so that's kind of the idea of the opening sequence yeah which my only note for the very opening sequence was I like the artsy intro I really would have loved the childhood quote that was in Breaking Dawn part one in that moment I think that would have hit so hard that would have slapped and then it's look look with your special eyes Bella because then it's like once she wakes up as a vampire she starts zooming in extreme zoom this on everything it's so also this song that plays like this second song that plays as she's like looking around i enjoyed it i thought it was a good choice i was like we're back to our indie folk ways with these songs like i think that this mm-hmm. this ain't no bruno mars <laughs> this is we're not back bruno mars. To like, this is, okay they found the plot i was i was watching and I was like okay we're back and she like and it's that thing of like you know Bella's carrying a little cactus with her tiny little trowel Bella's zooming her eyes around looking at all these different things and like zooming in and like and I'm like okay we're back to weird Bella we get it she's back get Bella it. is back where the hell has she been Loka where has she been Loka I turning into a vampire ah! so she's able to zoom in she sees all of these things she has this super strength that we ex- see exhibited from when she zips over this movie has a lot of um cgi zipping. to have them zip zip back and zip forth zap. they're not zip running zap. they're zipping and she zips over to edward gives him a hug no pause before oh, right. the hug this made my skin crawl because they hyper exaggerated the sound of them slowly rubbing their arms together like mm-hmm. they they take their arms and they like draw their hands up each other and they turned up the volume on that sound and it goes for at least a minute and i was like this part wasn't necessary i hated it 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 was a lot of touching it was the sound of the touching yeah but i feel like it was only so long because they had to marvel at the fact she was he was warm to her finally and like they had to touch and like, i and it was her experience. first time touching things with her like i get it her i just special like hands. did we have to have the sound there could we the song could have been louder that could have been tur- could, someone fix your levels like- yeah audio editors we have some notes but she gives him a hug with her super strength and he groans and he's like in pain his face in the mirror mm-hmm Mwah! like she's just holding on to him so tightly and he's like i can't breathe this is why like these moments are when i'm like this is so much better than the first part of this like this is so funny in the bet like this is the humor that part one was missing absolutely absolutely uh which i would then like to say there is he makes a comment about how now she has to be careful not to break him because she's so strong she slaps his ass she does <laughs> there is a moment she slaps she is ass. horny she's, she's horny. ready she is down she is to so clown. horny I, one might say she's thirsty oh she's thirsty which is why she's not allowed to go see her daughter first. She has to go hunting, which is an insane transition. She's like, I want to see my daughter. And then he's like, actually, we should probably go get your thirst taken care of. And then, and she's, then like, she's like, oh, that's right. I'm thirsty. I'm so thirsty. I'm so thirsty. Girl. And then this 
I think this, okay, there are running sequences where vampires run through the woods in, in Twilight. We've seen them a few times now. We have my personal, up until this point, my personal favorite, which was James, Victoria, and Laurent strutting through the forest on a clear so machine. Wa- like, you could just tell. Warpath. They were smizing. They watched America's Next Top Model. They were ready for smizing. That has been moved to number two. Because this sequence with Bella running <laughs> through the forest. The first time as a vampire, the moment where she's running and she turns and sees this flower and her hair's just and she's just yeah. like Like I <laughs> it's it's like a Pantene commercial <laughs> on LSD. That's the only way I can describe I that can't. sequence. It's like, no, it's like an Old Spice for women mixed with Pantene commercial. Mixed with, mixed with a perfume ad. Yeah. Because perfume ads always crack me up. But like, oh, it was so, oh, this is my new favorite running sequence. It's so fun. And like, I must it's say, ridiculous. all these like macro shots, these close-ups, like cinematography, gorgeous. Like this, whoever did this, you put that on your resume. Like it looks really good. It's, it's great. just so funny. I I did love it. It is super artsy as well. Like when it's super slow motion, but then things are also blooming like so like so quickly. fast. Like yeah. yeah, you you understand that time is a concept that means something different now. Like and just seeing how they play with it to show how fast she is to show this otherworldliness. I. I really liked it. That is that is the blue tint of this movie. That's yes. the artsiness, the indie feeling that we were missing in the rest of them. Yeah. And like this, like if we had an entire series that was just like about this and like this world and this otherness, like that, I was like, I'm into this. You know, I'm into this part of it. I, I could get behind this. The other parts, I'm... Eh. Okay. So... We get to a point, they, they, he like stops in the woods. He's like, okay, use your senses, like find what you're looking for. She senses a deer. She predator crawls up this rock. It's so funny. I laughed at that part. I cackled. <laughs> so funny. She's it's crouched. So funny. In, okay, we didn't even say what she's wearing. She is wearing oh a my tight God. blue dress with a slit of the thigh. It's Which hot. I, I want to say tight blue tank top dress i want to make this clarification because something happens later that i my continuity ass is like what the fuck but skin tight this gorgeous royal blue slid up the side she looks stunning she looks gorgeous and she's she's also running barefoot she's barefoot barefoot just in this dress running like running through the forest she's then crouched on this wall trying to catch a deer and Edward just comes up behind her like, yeah, I'm also crouched. <laughs> I'm crouched too. <laughs> oh, she, so she's going to go for the deer. And then all of a sudden she smells nearby someone who is rock climbing. Rock climbing. This person slips and scrapes their knee. Huge gash on this mountain, by the way. I hope that rock climber is okay. Eh. And Pretty Bella, fun. as a newborn vampire... 
goes after it. Edward chases her. She like scales the mountain. We have this hilarious moment of this is the other thing is now all of a sudden Kristen Stewart and Rob Pattinson have to do stunts. Yeah. (laughs) They have to do stunts. More stunts than just Bella getting thrown against a wall. Like Kristen Stewart is like literally Spider-Man crawling up this cliff face. And so also he's like, you need to stop. Like you can't do this. And this is the the first time she speaks is just going, I need to get out of here. So this entire time, Bella she says hasn't it, said a word. She hasn't said a word, but she says it in, I need to get out of here, in such a, like, gravelly voice. Oh. It's ridiculous. I thought it was funny. Margot's reaction seems to tell me she thought otherwise. Listen, you give me a lesbian with a deep voice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was comical. Honestly. I thought the way I need to get out of here. I'm like, okay, Batman. Oh, I was like, Batman. I was like, oh my. Wait, picture we this. Had different picture thoughts. this. Kristen Stewart for Batman, Rob Pattinson, Robin. So you want. Yes. You no, know what? Okay. Hold on. I actually remember my time on Tumblr did oh very little for me, except for the perfect fan cast for Batwoman. Which would be Kristen Stewart as Batwoman because she's I, supposed to be. I don't want her to be Batwoman though. I want her to be Batman. Right, but Batwoman's Kristen... a lesbian. Not like Barbara Gordon, Batwoman, Batgirl, but like Batwoman. You've lost me. Different. I don't know much about. I don't know much about all of hey, that. Anyways, that's fine. that's fine. Like I said, my time on Tumblr didn't do me a whole lot of good, except for that. Fair enough. My question so, with this scene. Yeah. Why didn't they have blood at the ready? They knew she was going to wake up be thirsty why would they take her immediately to hunt why wouldn't they be like hey here's like a little blood pouch here's a little cup to like well, get it's you all going. gone right but they had three days to get more was she out for three days yeah she it took three days for her to turn into a vampire from when she like went under to when she woke up so why wouldn't you like go well get an animal jesus math three days it was technically if it's if it started the night because like let's be technical about this Started the night of the 11th, right? Because it yeah. didn't pass over midnight. So it's the night of the 11th, all day the 12th, into this is like maybe midday of the 13th. So technically not even a full 48 hours. Okay, so you mean to tell me that all of these people with super speed, not a single person could like zip out, zip back to have blood at the ready? Because I think that they were just running low on the human blood that Bella was drinking. I thought they made a whole thing about how that was the last pack. Um, They were, so, uh, I don't know, maybe. I'm not going to go back and watch the movie I, again let's, to check. Let's not. Like, Regardless. This, I think it was just because they wanted to have a sequence of her, like, they wanted to have this, like, let's show off that she's a vampire now. You know? Like, let's go. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because Rob, um, Rob Pattinson, as if he's a character in this movie. I mean, Edward was like, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that there would be anyone this far out. Yeah. Which only indicates to me that the person rock climbing was being very stupid. Like, that's just the beginning of 127 hours happening in the same universe. We overlapped 127 yeah. hours, actually. This was the moment in which overlapped. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And like, he almost died a lot of times before, like, he had to cut off his arm. So Bella, in a moment of miracularity, that's not a word, (laughs) in a moment of a miracle, she goes, I have to get out of here, and then books it. She's able to pull herself away away from the human. 
Yeah, from the human with human and blood, fresh human blood. Back to the deer and then sees that there's a mountain lion about to take down the deer and takes down the mountain lion because this ain't no human, Bella. Yeah. She's a predator now. So she takes yeah. out a mountain lion. And then we cut to them walking back to the house and Jacob's there. And my mm-hmm. next note is because they're like, uh, they were like, oh, we're going to try with me first. And she's like, why are you still here? And they don't say anything. And I'm like, Edward is still keeping things from her. He is still keeping things from her. I I have a note because she says she wants to see her daughter. And he's like, nope, we got to take care of your thirst. The reason they did that is because they didn't trust Bella around her half-human daughter. They did not tell her, we are concerned because she's half-human. Right. We want to make sure before you see her. We don't know what's going to happen. This is all new to us. We're going to make sure that your thirst is taken care of. Then we're going to have you see Jacob. We just want to make sure because we know that you would feel so terrible if something were to happen. This is the plan that we thought of. What are your thoughts? Because even as a vampire, she is denied agency. Well, but it's not even that. She asks why why Jake cares so much about the baby. Since when do you care about the baby? And no one told her. They have this no whole fucking told walk. Her. And they give each other Edward does it to this like literally Edward is still keeping things from her. And it they make eye contact. Jacob swallows like he's uncomfortable. No one told her. But Edward and Bella had this entire walk back where he could have broken the news to her in a way that wouldn't cause issue. They had this whole scene to be like, hey, we want to talk to you about this. Like, it's absolutely insane. No one told her. This is like this huge surprise. infuriating. But, okay, so we'll get there because I want to talk about that part a little bit more. So she's like, oh, I finally get the wet dog smell. Ha, ha, ha. They go in. Ha, 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 you stink. Blah, blah, blah. They go in. They go in. You see a CGI baby. Jesus fucking jump scare. I literally put baby four question marks. Is that a baby? Kirsty, Kirsty, is that a baby? Are you sure? So it's a CGI baby that has a full set of teeth. There are moments you can see it. Full set of teeth. Heavy quotations around the word baby. I don't think that monstrosity is a baby. So here's the thing. This portrayal of Renesmee is much more palatable to me than what the book representation of Renesmee was. And I'm sorry, I'm going to be Spongebob about in the books again. <laughs> it's never going to end. It's Ladies never going to end. It's never going to end. This is the this is this is the thing you've signed up for, is Kirsty is going to constantly be like, well, the source material says. Dear listeners, at this point, you don't understand. I am a stickler for canon. Like, you follow your canon rules. You set up the canon. You better fucking follow it. And yet you every time follow the I, timeline. Every time I fact check you, you're like, are you fact checking me again? And I'm like, yeah, because the thing you're saying yeah. that is correct is not actually correct. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Um, <laughs> but on the things that I remember. Anyway, so Anyways. CGI baby has a full set of teeth and you can see it. Scare. I will say, again, a much more pleasant thing to look at, especially compared to, like, that fucking weird-ass baby doll they almost had. We need to go to that museum. I would love to. Someday. I actually really would love to see I would Chuck love Nesme. to go that. Um, what they don't mention in the movie that they do mention in the book. In the book, Renesmee is also born with a full head of hair down to her waist. 
like later on in the movie you see like how long her hair gets like they just don't think to cut her fucking hair it's super long it's always super long beautiful ringlets she also has a fully formed brain so her head's massive like bigger than a baby's head normally is um i i I guess i think that stephanie meyer just wrote baby is born baby size but has a full set of teeth and has a fully formed brain and a full head of hair and the only reason i want to bring up the fully formed brain is because that means that when she is born she has essentially the emotional maturity that a full adult would have she would remember being born which you see like she shows bella her memories of being born but she, her brain is more developed than both of her parents and everyone in the colons except for esme because esme was turned at 26. how old is carlisle um i don't remember but i think esme is the oldest i think only by a couple of years because i remember this conversation in years, the books but... where where like Edward's like Esme's older than Carlisle technically I remember that conversation being a thing like I'm sure it's only by like probably 20 Carlisle if I had to guess is probably 21 22 something to that effect but 23 23 okay I was close so Esme is 26 she's the oldest of the Cullens in human years she's only 26 I believe she's 26 yeah yeah, you're right. I just, I always pictured them in their 30s. I think it's because the actors. God, can were... you imagine being our age forever? I can't, personally, I can't wait to not be in my 20s anymore. I can't wait to be in my 30s. Can you imagine being stuck in your 20s for fucking ever? No, thank you. I don't know. Could see it. 20, like, here's the thing being stuck in my late 20s, yeah, that's not that bad. Get me out of here, man. <laughs> Get me out of here. Hey, whatever. That's fine. Uh, being stuck at 18 would hate it. So yeah, fully formed brain. Um, Bella's holding Renesmee. And Renesme like touches her face. And that's how she like sees all of these memories from her perspective. Yeah, so this is when we learn Renesmee has a special gift, power. A gift, gift is that she can share thoughts and memories and everything with someone if she touches them on the face. I do also want to say as a side note, I spelled Renesme differently every single time in my notes and reached the point in which I was just mashing buttons because I couldn't figure out how to spell Renesme. That is why my favorite meme, and I had to stop doing it to you because you didn't get the joke at first. I didn't get um, it. The meme with Renesme is that you say any other word that starts with R and that's her name. So rigatoni, ravioli, respirator, regurgitation, reverberation, I, radiator. That's what my notes became. Yeah. And that's why the meme became a thing in the first place. Okay. Um, She's holding her, holding the baby. Yeah. And then Jacob's like, I think that's enough. And he tries to take the baby away from her. She's like, what are you doing? It's my daughter, like, fucking chill at the same time this is happening she's getting all of these congratulations about how much power she has like all of this willpower she has to not drink human blood blah 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 jacob tries to take the baby and it's like oh well like that's enough experimentation we don't have to keep experimenting we don't have to keep fighting this and it's like okay this is just weird and she comments like this is weird why are you doing it 
And then all of the other Cullens are like, oh, so you didn't tell her? She doesn't know yet? Go ahead and tell her, Jacob. And I had to say, ripe old age of 27, watching this back, I'm like, this is so toxic. This is cruel, not just to Jacob, the person they wanted to joke on. This is cruel to Bella because everyone else knows, except her, she's being blindsided with this very sensitive information about her child that she was willing to die for. They all know something she doesn't and they are treating it like it's a fucking joke. Hated it. Hated it. Not a great family. (laughs) But also no. remember, this is a whole group of early to mid 20-somethings, which this is exactly how people at that age would act. No, here's the thing. It's so true, but it's so disgusting. Like, I don't care if you are 22 for the rest of your goddamn eternal, eternal you goddamn life. you reach the age of, like, over 100. Grow up. Yeah. Grow yeah. up. Grow up. But what's worse? So then she finds out she's pissed. But then they start egging her on. Like, she pulls out, like, Jacob out to the yard. To clarify, she found out that Jacob imprinted. To, just yes. to, like, say it. Because I don't oh, think yeah. we've actually We are said dancing it around it. Dancing around. So we find out that Jacob imprinted on Renezme, which we talked about last time. Gross. And if, especially if we think about if she has a fully formed brain. Gross. gross. Very gross. And I will say, I, they never address that part in the movie, but the movie really wants to gloss over everything to do with imprinting because it's the weirdest thing when you see this person admitting he has imprinted. What we know about imprinting, it ends in romance. Imprinting is romantic. I don't care what Stephanie Meyer says. In her source material, she has not shown imprinting in any other context any than romantic. And also only ever had a sec- heterosexual yeah but that doesn't surprise me as much i'm not gonna look we have gay vampires yeah but i also feel like it's not that far of a stretch to be like she's not vampires are just homosexuals we watched interview with a vampire she clearly (laughs) ripped off a lot from that true and i think she was like well if they can get away with it in this movie we can get away with it in my books but werewolves too far um it so she, Bella finds out that Jacob imprints. She throws him out of that house. She walks him like a dog. To like, be very fair, she goes, she goes, okay, you know, Edward, take take the baby. Or like some Rosalie, take the baby, someone. And then Edward reaches out. She goes, Edward, do not touch me right now. I don't want to hurt you. Like she's she's saying very calm. And she yeah. grabs Jake by the back of the neck and drags As if it was him a dog outside to throw like a dog. him outside. He is in trouble and that's when all of the Cullens are egging her on like Edwards like you know pushing like oh no like let her do it let her do it like having fun she's Carlisle is like this is too far yeah Carlisle's like we need to stop her we need to reel it back in and I feel like that's just another thing where it's like it's so manipulative because Edward could have caught her up on the situation let her know could have had this conversation outside instead she has this huge fucking audience her her emotions are their entertainment and it's gross and it's manipulative and it's also kind of cringe because what is the first thing she says to him when they go outside? 
maybe not the first thing, but what is one of the big thing that she says to him when they go outside? You're going to have to remind me. I don't think I wrote down the quote you're talking about. You nicknamed my daughter oh. after the Loch Ness Monster? Oh, I thought you were still talking about the imprinting thing. Like, how no. it's... Oh! Yeah, no, sorry. I wasn't at that point yet. My bad. I was still thinking, like, she's so pissed at him because he's still saying Renesmee, Renesmee, Renesmee. No, he, he says think- Nessie at first. So they go outside and she's like... He was like, okay. well, Nessie. And then she's like, Nessie? And then has that whole thing. Because I just, like, listened to that line and I was like, in a book, that line's hilarious. Said out loud... That line is so bad. <laughs> it's pretty cringe. No, okay, now I see what you're talking about. Yeah, no, that's that's cringe. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster is pretty cringe. But I'm sorry, you she's... named your daughter Renezme. Like you have no yeah, girl, that's to be on you. About a nickname, girl. This is your girl. Fault. That's on you. I did love seeing Bella kick his ass though, because I'm like, mm, it's it's yes. the correct course of action. Actually, though. no, I'm on I'm on Bella's side. I'm on Bella's side here. Because yeah. the thing about this that is massively glossed over, like, Jacob is very caring. He's very much like a guardian, like, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The fact is, Renesme is a baby, a child. She has existed on this planet at the end of this movie for three, four months. Because this is in September. By the end of the movie, it's December. So we're looking at... A few months, yeah. Three months masks. She has only existed on this planet for three months max. It's it's unfortunate because as someone who adored Jacob so much and was very much like a lover of Jacob, this being his ending, even if he couldn't pick it, even if he was like, I didn't choose this, this isn't like what I wanted, it sucks. And Stephanie did Jacob Black the biggest dishonor is true and like again i know that people might jump in here and try to say like oh well it doesn't have to be romantic it can be completely platonic like he's not going to do anything until she's an adult you just described grooming hey guess what if you meet someone who's a baby even if you don't do anything until they are legally an adult you wait until like midnight on their 18th birthday what you have just described is grooming you have groomed this child and that is what jacob is going to do until Renesmee is an adult, but the way that they describe her aging, to kind of jump ahead, is that she has such an accelerated course of aging, she should be a full adult, quote-unquote, by the time she's only seven human years old. Like, seven years will pass, and then she's all of a sudden an adult. What do you do with that information? Do you wait 18 years? Or when she's seven? Because the answer to that question shouldn't be answered. It's creepy regardless, but the fact that you have to think about it, Stephanie, should be criminal. It's, it makes me so angry because he was truly, like, I would consider one of the best characters in this whole series. He was, he was one great. of the more fleshed out, one of the more emotionally dynamic. His and Bella's love story genuinely had a growth to it from friends to, like, people who cared about each other way more than Edward and Bella ever did. And to have this be his ending... And like it's it not, sucks like, because it, it, And they try to say, like, oh, because she was always inside of you. Remember how a few days ago you couldn't stand for me to be gone and now you don't want to be around me? You want nothing to do with me. I'm like, do you think it might be because you just said that you imprinted on her daughter she might want nothing to do with you? 
Because my brother in Christ, if you were to come to me and say, I just fell in love with your baby that you had three days ago, I would probably also be like, you need to get out of my fucking house. You come anywhere near me and my child again, I'm throwing hands. Yeah, it's, um, it really sucks because, like, you also can't, with the way the lore is set up, you can't blame Jacob. Because with the way the lore is set up, he literally has no choice in the matter. He can't do anything about it. He has this life-altering obligation to this baby. And that is just the fate that he is given. Like, I feel bad for both of them because it seems like something happens physically to the imprintee as well. Not just the imprinter, but the imprintee where you can't stay away from that person. Yeah, it's unclear. I want to look more into that, but I don't I don't remember for sure. So if I can call back to that TikToker, Sarah, um, she did talk about the imprinting part, like uh, a section, a section of it where they talk about like the other people from the book who they talk about like he imprinted on a two year old. And it kind of sucks because I am sure that person did not like at 16 did not want to look at a two year old and be like, yes, that one. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm imagining. But uh, even if you look at Emily of Emily and Sam, she saw him and like couldn't really stay away, wanted to try to push him away and really couldn't. Yeah. And that sucks for Leia because she was with Sam at the time. Sam was with Leia. They were in love, but then he found someone else immediately couldn't think of her that way. Yeah. I can't imagine like Emily being an independent adult person, meeting this person, like, and never having any other choice. Like, that's kind of hard, especially if you thought your life would go somewhere else. It's like, it's a faded mate scenario in this weird forced way. In the way like it's they- not organic, it's you see each other and you don't have a choice. And I feel like that's the biggest issue that I have with this entire matter. There's no way to reject it. There's no way to say, no, I don't want this. Yeah. Or for it to like happen naturally. Because even for like the two-year-old that gets imprinted on, for Renezme, they don't have a choice. They are, they literally never get to experience dating anybody else or seeing anybody else or like having a normal experience of like having a crush on a person yeah and i guess like i guess in a romance novel that is the dream like they get the dream where you have your person your whole life like i guess that is that in i would assume stephanie meyer's brain that's what she wants i could see how that's a very romantic idea for some people but i also feel like part of the fun of romance is you find your person after you've had all of the failed romances because that's what makes it special Uh, But he tries, but to keep moving forward, Jacob's like, it's not like that. Do you think Edward would let me live if it it was? Like, he tries to explain it away. Things de-escalate to the point. Sorry, I just found something. So, Mm -hmm. r slash Twilight. Someone asked, what would happen if an imprintee rejects the wolf imprinted on them? This happened with Sam and Emily because she at first was like, no go back to leah go back to leah and it didn't work they ended up together someone else said it's almost impossible as they're supposed to be the perfect match for each other but on the off chance they do the purse reject the person then the the wolf person person slash wolf would feel inseparable pain and may try to commit suicide 
So again, I feel like that means you don't have a choice. Imprintee, imprinter, because there's not a situation in the book. It's a hypothetical that this is what they would feel. Yeah. But even with Emily trying to reject Sam, no, go back to Leah, go back to Leah, go back to Leah. She still ends up with Sam. She is still with Sam. Like, yeah, it's especially like, I know we keep drawing comparisons to Akatar, but if we look at that comparison, Akatar is all about choice. Like there are faded mates in that. There are people who are mated and you have that, but you also very much have things where it's like, yeah, this the mating isn't can, actually perfect or yeah, a woman, the woman can reject, can reject it. She can literally say no. And the that... male can also reject yeah. the, the bond. It's just more difficult. Also, I do want to clarify. I don't know if we've said this in past ones. Akatar stands for a court of roses and thorns. Thorns and roses. You always thorns say it backwards. I always a say court, it backwards. A court of thorns and roses. It is thorns the first roses in the series by Sarah J. Bass. Just to clarify. Yes. Oh, it's called Akatar. Yeah. It, the short name is Akatar. What is that called? The the Abbreviation? Yeah, because an abbreviation is when you take like the first letter from every word and it makes acronym. Is that what it's called? An acronym? Sure. Why not? Okay. Anyways, I hate the way this baby looks. That's my next note. I hate the way this baby looks. Let's go back. to. So they have this whole conversation. They Quite calm strange. down. Whatever. I hate the way this birth this baby looks. Also, speaking of hating things, they're like, oh, by the way, Bella, happy birthday. It's your birthday. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? I stopped aging three days ago. Leave me alone. And they're like, doesn't, doesn't matter. Happy count. birthday. And I'm like, this it doesn't count. And Alice, again, is birthday. like, fuck your boundaries. Fuck your boundaries in your personal comfort zone. I'm doing what I want. And you have to do it, too. And she gives her a key. Alice hands Bella a key. Where does this key go, Margot? It goes to a little cottage in the woods. A quick skip, jump, and a hop away from the Cullens. There is a, a small cottage for Bella, Edward, and Renesme, which is just weird that they get their own house, but then That's no one else literally gets my a note. House? And the only reason I can think of is because they have a baby. But, like, this baby ain't gonna be a baby for very long. Like, why? I was literally like, why are there six couples all living together? You made Edward live, listen to you guys have sex every night for 100 years. And now they get their own. Like, to me, this was very it's much so a moment weird. of, like, oh, yeah, we're in a romance fantasy. Like, this was a moment of, like, right, romance. <laughs> and I, I just don't understand why they would do that because then it's even weirder if someone does accidentally stumble upon this small ass cottage in the woods what is it doing there when did they build that and how would bella not know were they always planning on giving it to them or did they like build it as bella was pregnant behind her back so they make a they make a comment a comment um, so they make a comment because they're like, oh, like this, this comes in a couple scenes, um, but they make a comment of like, yeah, when Rosalie and Emmett at first, we couldn't stand to be within 50 meters of them for the first decade. Oh, that's, I'm so wondering if this is like 
the new couple cottage and you just go yeah. get all of your sexual tension out in in the sex cottage and then you go back to the house then you're a welcome back in you <laughs> yeah. go to the sex room and then you're go allowed get, back go get all your dirty nasty thoughts out in the sex cottage and then you can come back and be with us clean people yeah, which is even weirder because they have like a room for Renesme in there, so you know they built it for them, like for I, Bella Edward and Renesme. Or did they just alter the man's closet into Renesme's bedroom? You know what? We never even see a man's closet. I don't know. Fuck it. <laughs> it's just so weird. They get a small cottage. <laughs> okay, so Alice the other is thing- like skipping, leading them along, like. The fact she's not throwing rose petals and singing about how they're about to, like, go consummate their marriage again. Ridiculous. I also want to say, this is the moment. It looks like Bella's wearing the exact same dress, right? Yeah. That she's been wearing all day. No, because this one's long sleeve. Why is she wearing the exact same dress but long sleeve? Why did she change? What? Continuity? Hello? Stephanie? Stephanie. Okay, you know what? I can't blame Stephanie. For the costume designer's fault and the bad editing. I can editing. blame Stephanie for everything. <laughs> she was a producer on this movie. I can blame okay. her for everything. You know what? Stephanie, come on the podcast. Me and Marco, round two against we have Stephanie. Questions for you. Oh my god. ESP versus SM round two. Um. No, but Alice is leading them to go have sex in the weirdest way. I hate Alice so much. I cannot no. stand Alice in this Very, watching, I was very not. glad that Alice, I think that's why I didn't hate this movie so much. Alice is not in most of it. Yeah, no, she pretty much pieces the fuck out. So they go in, they're like, here's our cute yeah. little cottage, blah, blah, blah. It's time to have vampire sex. Yeah, Bella sees the bed, goes vampires don't sleep. And then she jumps him. She pushes that man onto the she, bed, climbs he's standing, on top. So he's standing behind her, and she literally, vampire fastness, pulls him from behind her to in front of her and is on top of him. And I'm like, I literally wrote, unbridled horny. It is unbridled horniness. Demon music, we're back. Okay, hi, we had some... Technical difficulties. Stephanie did not like us coming. Stephanie came. She fucked us up. Stephanie said, "Bitch, (laughs) fuck around and find out." Stephanie said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) "Ah." Stephanie said, "I'm going to create an environment so toxic." (laughs) Okay, so we're in the cottage. Bella's horny. She pulls Edward from behind her to onto the bed. Unbridled horny. They start going at it again, and the editing is so cringy to me because there are light bursts. She has like this to symbolize like all of the orgasms that she's having, like different light bursts, different you light effects. Orgasm. It's embarrassing to watch. I'm sure as a teenager, I would have been like, "Oh my god, this is so romantic and so cute! Oh my god, this is amazing!" As an adult, I'm like, "This is embarrassing." The shots where it's like half of their face and then it's like his eye and then it fades to her eye and they're like, it made me think of that song where it's like, when we kiss, the freckles in our eyes are perfectly aligned. And I was like, oh my, Stephanie Meyer, shut the fuck up right now. You know, that's what she was listening to. When she was I, know! It, I know. I know. Embarrassing. No. Embarrassing. Okay, so then they talk about this whole thing where she's like, we don't need to sleep. Like, 
eat, breathe, I don't eat anything. Like we literally, don't get I could tired. Just, yeah, could just go nonstop. And he was like, "Well, Emmett and Rosalie did that for ten years." And she's like, "We're gonna be worse than them." And then literally a couple hours later, it's like, "Let me go see my baby." And I'm like, "Were you worse than them?" Were yeah, you? really. Were you worse? Were you worse, or were you like? This is. Mid-tier. I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna throw shade at a very particular type of person. I'm throwing shade today. Um, it's I would a, just like it, to say we're a very sex positive podcast. We're in very all sex, spectrums. Very sex positive podcast. I'm throwing shade at a particular type of person. I'm hoping you can help me eloquently explain why. Okay. It's the type of person that's like, I'm, I'm really kinky. I'm really into all this like bad stuff. And it's literally they just like being choked. It, it feels like that. It's like, I don't know I'm what was going to so come out of your mouth. Bad. I'm so sorry. I don't know what was going to come out of your mouth, but it wasn't going to be that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I'm so kinky. Sometimes I, the girl, want to be on top. Like, I don't know why choking coming out of your mouth. I'm like, Margo, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> that's. That's what I'm saying, though, is like literally it's these people who are like, I'm so into BDSM and it's like so, I've gotten choked twice. I'm into BDSM and I'm like, to me, that's what Bella feels like right now. She's like, I'm so horny. I'm so sexual. And she's not. She's just being normal. OK, I've recalibrated after like what you said. I don't know what was going to come out of your mouth. That one got me where I had to I had to like process for a second i was the math meme lady for a second um i think it's the big talk that you can't follow up with the walk well and it's just the inaccurate scale of like i mean i'm not someone who knows the intricate ins and outs of the bdsm world but i think that i know a good basis of it to say being choked is like not even an entry point to that it's like it's it's kind of like I would say what you just described is the same thing where it's like, oh my god, my best friend's so crazy. She's so crazy. And then it's like just a picture of like the girl with the bag of frozen french fries on her head in the supermarket. Right. It's like, oh, I'm so wild and crazy. I had a Red Bull at 4 p.m. Like, oh, I'm so crazy. I get so crazy when I'm on tequila and she has like one shot. You know, like I <laughs> I don't know. You know that vibe that's no, the vibe I get it. that I'm feeling right now. Like, here's the thing. You and I are never going to be like, we're the craziest people we know. We're absolutely nuts. And then cut to us, like, scoured, like scouring the ego boxes. For no, you and I are thing. just going to dig through the ego boxes in the front yeah. section of Walmart and look at anyone walking by and be like, this is normal. Move along. Like, Can we help you? <laughs> we're going through very normal things right now. Which season are you looking for? Because we're looking for three and one and we can't find them. Like... There is something about people who talk the talk who can then not back it up and walk the walk. Yeah. And that is exactly what Bella did, where it's like, we're going to be worse. And then after like an hour, she's like, okay, cool. I'm bored. I want to go hold my baby. Yeah. Which I will say, a little little bit nuts there. Um, I I do want to bring up the fact Bella never has to be a parent. She never really parents. No, she She, does not have to be a parent. She has a baby, which they don't say this in the movie. Baby already sleeps through the night. Baby is never really annoying never newborn a baby. baby. Baby is never a baby. She just sleeps through the night. Also, she grew out of being a baby in a matter of weeks. 
And also, also, she has seven live-in babysitters. So, one of which, Rosalie, is absolutely obsessed with her. One of which would like to just take your child from you, thank you very much. Like, I wonder if Emmett felt any jealousy towards Renesmee. I don't think so, because I think Emmett understood that Rosalie really wanted to be a mom. She does not like being a vampire. You know what? I think Emmett got distracted by Bella being a super strong newborn and did not give a shit about anything else. Really and truly. But I will say, it is fascinating to me that Rosalie never made an immortal child. She couldn't. Yeah, because the Collins follow the fucking rules. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I, I, my brain... I conflated the two. Oh, no, I, I see what you're saying. I was like, she can. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I know what you're saying. Okay. Honestly, yes. Shocking. However, Rosalie likes the idea of being perfect more than anything else. It's the one thing that beats out her need for children. Yeah. Um. It's just, I was just, I don't know. I thought that was crazy. I'm like watching this and seeing how obsessed she is with Renesmee. I'm just surprised that she didn't break the rules for an immortal child we can get to that part later but absolutely insane um speaking about things did they just forget about charlie like this i literally had the note where i was like oh they just forgot about charlie and then the phone rings and i'm like oh it's charlie so here's the thing i think that this is why i said i didn't necessarily love the plot of this movie is because so much has to happen in such a short amount of time, but also so little happens in such a long time. It's this weird paradox. But you know why it works? Because that's also exactly what happens in Twilight. So much has to happen in such a short amount of time, and yet nothing happens in the long amount of time. And that's why this movie feels like classic Twilight again, because we're at this weird pacing where it's like, so they're in love after dating for a day and we're going down to, uh, but also nothing happened. Like what? Like, it's that same feeling of like, you just have to bucker yourself in and be like, okay, here we go. This is the story I'm being told. <laughs> like, I guess this is it. I guess yeah. this is what's happening for the next two hours of my life. Yeah. But yeah, so it, Charlie calls. They have not really talked to anything about him, but this also seems to be the first moment that Jacob is realizing the Cullens are going to have to leave. And Jacob cannot reconcile that. No. Which honestly, I don't blame him. Because in this instance, what he did is he spared Charlie hurt. And if there is anything that I would live and die by, It is that movie Charlie Swan should not be in pain. I agree with you on that. That face scared me. Sorry to scare you. I hated what Jacob did next. Here's the, in the book, I did like how he did it in the book. I hated it in the movie because I didn't like this scene. Even when I was reading the book, it didn't quite sit well with me. And I will break down why. Because I want to hear the rest of your thought. I hated it because Jacob realizes the Collins are going to have to move away. Therefore, Renesmee is going to have to leave. Therefore, his choices are leaving or staying without Renesmee. And what he does is selfish because he doesn't con- he doesn't tell anyone, I'm going to go tell Charlie. 
I'm going to figure something out. He just goes and does this without telling Bella, without telling Edward, without telling the Cullens, which Bella then has this immediate reaction of, oh my God, you just killed my father. The Volturi are going to kill him because he knows about vampires. And he does it so he doesn't have to give up the imprinted baby. I mean, but that is so, I guess like to me, that's Jacob. Jacob also did things like this in New Moon. Jacob also did things like this in Eclipse. Ja- like When Jacob doesn't like something that Bella does or something Bella's going to do, he runs to Charlie. This is not the first time that he's done this. So to me, I was like, this is perfectly on brand and on character. And they should have thought about that and maybe not told Jacob that they were going to leave. Maybe this is on brand for Jacob. But I feel, I don't know. I don't think it was on... Uh... I think you're correct. Okay, I will say, yes, this was on brand for him. That doesn't mean I have to like it. I don't like it because it is very selfish. And it does put Charlie in a lot of danger. And I feel like the way that it's presented, at least in the movie, doesn't help Charlie with anything. It only poses more questions and it does put him in danger. The only thing it does is show that Bella's alive. But it doesn't give Bella or the Cullens or anybody enough time to make sure that Charlie's okay. Because... Remember, Bella at this point is still a newborn vampire. Yeah, she was able to pull herself away from the rock climber once. There is no guarantee that she's going to be able to do that again. Right. There's no guarantee that Renesmee is going to have the power to hold herself back from Charlie. We know how Jasper is. For me, I was like, I I liked it because it it does do something more than just he has christmas with his daughter and her husband and child he can have like a lifetime with them and and not like have to go his whole life thinking that his daughter's dead i hate to say it you're gonna hate me for saying this it would have been better i think it would have been easier for charlie to have a dead daughter than for him to get mixed up in this world i can see why you would say that yes however i have done a really emotionally stupid thing in which i have conflated charlie movie charlie with my own father oh you fool i know the last thing i would ever want to do is make my dad think that his daughter has died so of course i'm going to say no let charlie be happy that his daughter's alive because i don't want i charlie swan movie charlie swan is my you're Sweet right. Maybe Angel and I want to protect him from everything. No, I get it. I don't want my parents to think that I'm dead either. Okay. But I did not conflate my dad with movie Charlie. Oh, I so conflated the two of them because like we've that talked was about these past mistake. days, I've related to a lot of Bella's emotional turmoil in new moon and like that feeling. Yeah. And so watching movie Charlie deal with his daughter going through this, I was like, dad. <laughs> so I just, Listen, I told you we were going to have very conflicting feelings about this movie. I think I just hated the way that Jacob brought it up because it really didn't give the Collins any time to do anything. Because what, Jacob also turned really close to Charlie. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right. He could have killed Charlie. He was really close in the movie. He could have killed Charlie. Here's what I will say about this. And I think this is maybe what you're trying to say that I'm not like that I haven't fully gotten until now, he took Bella's agency away from her to make this decision again. The Cullens yeah. took it away from her about leaving and Jacob took it away from her about telling her dad. 
she didn't get to make this decision. So this is another well, moment in which both of these guys, as much as they love Jacob, this is still his character. And his character is he also takes agency away from Bella. And it sucks. And the other thing is that Bella already grieved her parents. I want you to think about that. She already grieved. She said, I know I'm going to have to do this. I don't want to do it. Let me just have another day. She fully grieved. She went through those steps in that process. She made that decision and she was ready to live with it. And then she was probably feeling a lot of different feelings about it. And then Jacob was like, psych, I'm going to pull him into this yeah, anyway. Yeah, because now what is she supposed to do about Renee? Renee's going to be like, come to Florida. And she's going to be like, I literally can't now. Exactly. So it's it's incredibly difficult, I think, um, for Bella to now have Charlie in her life. The reason that Bella is a vampire now and is so scared is because she thinks now her dad is going to die. Because well, the vulture is going to find out. Understandable. understandable. So I wrote in my notes, how would you have told Charlie? Because I have a way that I would have done it. I think... Similarly to how Edward told Bella. <laughs> Take him out to the meadow? <laughs> In the way of like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, there's more, like, Jacob turns into a wolf. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm about to go on such a long rant here. None of this is going to make any sense. Jacob turns into a wolf. That's what he can do to show, hey, I'm different. Bella can scale mountains and hang, you know, move across the room in a second and can, you know, do all these is super strong and do stuff. She can show her dad those things and be like, hey, I'm a little different now. Okay. Okay. How would I, you do it? I had a different approach. Okay. What's your approach? Is it not tell him? No, not, not exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, it's talk to him on the phone, mm -hmm. assure him he's fine. Have her say she's in Switzerland. She's fine. Full recovery. She decided they want to go backpacking because while she was sick and recovering, she could just look at the mountains and that was like her motivation. So now they want to go backpacking mm -hmm. in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. They go see the Volturi, get them mm -hmm. off their fucking backs, uh -huh. make sure that Renesmee is not going to kill him. Make sure uh -huh. they get a handle on fucking Renesmee. Maybe video call. It's 2012. We have that technology. Video call. Mm -hmm. FaceTime. Did we have it in 2008? When did Skype come out? I feel like Skype would have been a thing. Right? I think Skype was a thing. Sk that feels like a thing. Chat Omegle was a thing. When was YouTube Skype would have been a thing. Skype was invented in 2023. Nope, 2003. Oh. <laughs> 2003. 2003. <laughs> oh. Jesus. Um, it's been a long week, okay? So yeah, they, they could have just Skyped. And then blurry video quality. So all the ways that she looks kind of different. Because they don't really say this in the movie. In the books, she doesn't look like herself. It's Bella. But she doesn't really quite look like herself anymore. No, Charlie says that. He literally said in the scene where they're together, oh, yeah, he I goes, guess you're true. my daughter. You look like my daughter, but don't. He says that. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of hard because like it's Kristen Stewart. So like, how can you? Anyway. I didn't notice it until the very last scene. And we have that montage. And I was like, whoa, she does look different. 
to be fair, she went from being 17, 17 to, to being in her early 20s. Yeah. I'll, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, so she it makes sense different. to me. Makes sense to me. So would have gotten that all taken care of. Then they could have brought Charlie in and started seeing him again. He would just think that she's, you know, an, a weird adult now. Like, I think that they didn't have to tell him that she's a vampire or that these supernatural things exist. They could have kept Renesmee kind of like, like, you know, secret hidden away or something like until they were sure she was either done growing or made up something about her. But I feel like just turning into a wolf and then like, well, he's going to be here in 10 minutes. Jacob clearly panicked. This is clearly the imprinting. They're trying to take my imprinted person away from me. Panic. Like, I, I'm sure. not saying it was a good thing. I'm just saying that, like, very clearly this was a panic moment for him. I get it. Like, I, I understand that it was a panic moment for Jacob. But I'm just saying, if we're going to give Edward a lot of shit for, like, getting Bella to talk about the proposal, knowing Jacob's right behind her. I mean, I I think that Jacob taking away Bella's agency in this moment, horrible. Am I always going to be a pro-healthy father-daughter relationship above anything else? Yes, absolutely. You know what? I also just don't think that's necessarily the healthiest father-daughter relationship. What I think about it is the fact that if he, to me, it's the fact that he gets to have Christmas and holidays and these years with his daughter now, even if she's a weird adult and he doesn't get everything that's going on. And okay, this kid he's known his whole life turned into a wolf. Something's different with my daughter, but I get to see her for Christmas. I get to watch her daughter grow up. To me, the only difference in that scenario, besides what you described, is Jacob turning into a wolf. They also would have gotten the Volturi thing squared away so the Volturi wouldn't be coming to check up on them because they never went to go see the Volturi. They had little Renesme and then never thought, like, we should go send proof, check on the Volturi, we'll come back, fix the Charlie shit. So, like, what about... Everything after the end of the movie, now that the Volturi have been taken care of, is everything okay with Charlie? Or do you still hate it? It's fine with Charlie. Like, after everything else, it's fine. He knows. That's great. This is so funny to me that this is the point of contention between the two of us. Of all of the things that I thought were going to be the point of contention... Well, hold on. We haven't this finished is this movie. Not, this we is not the moment that I thought it was going to be. You are counting vampires before they're turned. We could have so many other points. I mean, obviously there's going to be other points. I just didn't think this was going to be as big as this. Right. But here's the thing. You're team Jacob and I'm team Edward. Let's be honest. I, when we go bare roots, when we say we're back in our middle school, high school years, reading this book for the first time, we're picking sides, we're picking teams. I was firmly on team Edward. And I, I switched. I was firmly team Edward and wholeheartedly switched to team Jacob. I've, I went through that whole process of switching. And so I just really like Taylor Lautner. So I was team Switzerland for a little bit, but I was fully team Edward. Yeah. I, I was, I was fully team Jacob for a period of time before I was like, never mind. I hate all of this. Right, no, we watched Eclipse, Frontal Cortex, we got that. Um, yeah. Moving on from that, so he tells, Charlie's coming over, He has. they have 10 minutes to prepare Bella for acting like a human. So then they're like, okay, we have 10 minutes to teach Bella how to be a human. So they're like, okay, move slow. 
do this. Do So like, she's like, go sit in this chair. Bella moves too fast to sit in the chair, crosses her legs. And they're like, okay, move your shoulders up and down. So it looks like you're breathing and blink. Remember to blink three times every minute. And I was like, y'all don't need to teach Bella how to blink. Y'all don't need to teach that girl how to blink. She knows. She's like, got her little fluttery lashes. This scene is just funny to me. This because scene before is the type this of moment that I love in this movie. She wasn't acting subhuman. Like she was acting normal until this moment when she had to think about I it. I know. I know. And it's it this type of humor in this, like this is the stuff that I'm like, this is hilarious and I love this and I want more of this. More of this type of funny. Yeah. So then Charlie shows up and he sees Bella and this scene fucking broke my heart. Again, I have projected emotion onto Charlie Swan. Him being so sad and being like, I didn't know where you were. I didn't know what happened to you. You're my daughter, but you're not. Like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, I it truly just, like, fucking heart-wrenching. And I think that's why I'm like, I think they needed... I think that's what made it so... Me so upset with Jacob. Is that this was heart-wrenching. It was difficult. Bella was probably in pain with the human blood. There's no way for her to explain it. They didn't is have time though? to explain it. So here's the thing, though. Is she in pain? Because they kind of mentioned, oh, she's got incredible willpower. Is she in pain around humans? Or is she just kind of like, I can't remember what, because I remember this being a thing in the books, too. But I can't remember, like. I don't think that it said that she was in pain. I guess in my mind, because she's still a newborn. And we see how Jasper is. And granted, Jasper sucks, but he cannot, and Alice also really can't control herself. Like, if there's blood, some of the Cullens still have to, like, physically remove themselves from the premise. So I have to imagine, uh, as a newborn, she's only hunted once. She's only had one animal. I don't know if that makes her, quote-unquote, full. Or like how she can satisfy that thirst. Yeah, I do. I do remember that that would satisfy um, for a little bit. I think as a newborn, I don't know why I'm remembering this. Like she she needed more than that. She needed to feed more frequently, but she was still fine. I just can't remember if they were how it is if, if she's in pain and just able to ignore it or if she's literally shielding it from herself. And that's why. Yeah, like, I don't know. Because they really don't go over her power because they really don't know about it. But also, they didn't know this. They didn't know how Bella was going to be. So they They didn't know. So I just imagine, like, she could potentially be in so much pain trying to keep herself from trying to drink his blood. I just would have liked it if they had, like, obviously they can't because plot, we have to move things along. But in my mind, I'm like, this sucks because... He doesn't have any answers. He doesn't really know if she's okay. She's not really convincing him. All he knows is that she's not dead and looks kind of happy and has a baby now. And now there's an adopted baby. They had to say that it was Edward's niece, but has her eyes and it's a need to know basis. And I'm like, well, babies have brown eyes. And to be fair, to be fair, this she is doing the best that she can with the situation Jacob put her in. Yeah. And I think that's what just made me so mad at Jacob. I'm like, you put her in such a difficult situation. You and really you know fucked what? things up for Charlie. I I understand that perspective and I see what you're saying. My little 
I'm a daddy's girl. My little daddy's girl is like, let them be happy together. But I also understand that like Bella is now having to clean up after one of these guys once again because they won't just let her make her own decisions. I also want to note in this moment, they used a lot of the classic music from Twilight because the the music that's playing when Charlie shows up is another orchestral piece from original Twilight. And I think that's one of the reasons why we also got the vibe from this again is because they went back to the roots a lot more in ways that part one just fucking lost it. Part one didn't understand the assignment. Part two said, oh, now I get it. Yeah. But I also think because part one didn't do as well, I think they're like, okay, well, we need to start from scratch. We need to go back to basics we need to go back to what we know the fans love we've left god's light we have decided mainstream audiences it's not it everyone's gonna come back and watch this movie everyone wants to see what happens if they saw part one they're coming back for part two fans they're coming back and because they tried to copy twilight that's what made this movie better yeah no i agree um then we get jump scare number two or three with that fucking baby again. Yeah. Baby in quotations. I hate that thing. Renesmee. Okay. It's quite strange. I do not like Bebe Renesmee. I not hate a fan. Not a it. fan. That's going to be my fucking paralysis demon now. So true. I would also like to say this movie does not address Renee whatsoever. And I don't think the book really addresses how no. they handle Renee either. No one addresses Renee. And I would like to say, because my mom listens to this podcast, justice for the moms. I don't know why they wouldn't tell Renee. I don't know what they're supposed because, to do with Renee. I mean, I, mean I, will, I will point out that for four movies now, you've been shouting about how horrible of a mother Renee is. Yeah, but so, you're talking about how much you love your dad. And I'm like, well, my mom listens to this podcast. I feel like I got to step up my game. <laughs> I feel like I love my mom. You can't justice say for things moms. like that when I'm about to fucking drink water. Well, don't drink water right before I say something really fucking funny. I don't know when you're going to say these things. Assume always. We are on another level tonight. Okay. We are going back to classic Eternal Slumber Party where we are pit (laughs) remedy. This is what I needed. Okay. So moving on from this, then we have a moment where Emmett's like, you're not as strong as you think you are. I'm a big strong man. I just, I she wishes she was that awesome. Emmett really bothers they, me. I don't know why, but Emmett just kind of me. So there are points me. where I think Emmett's really funny. And then he says stuff and I'm like, fuck off. But what I hate is that they take this very emotional scene with Charlie. And then they immediately just go to Emmett showing off how strong he is in comparison to Bella. Let's be funny now. Emotional moment. Let's completely undermine it. And not let anyone ask any questions about, well, what now? Let's just go be funny. Let's go have them arm wrestle to show how strong Bella is. So he picks up this big rock, sets it down. They arm wrestle. Bella wins and then realizes she broke the rock and then starts punching and kicking the rock. She's having a fun time expressing her new strength. This is also the first moment that we see Bella sparkle. Finally. Finally. And then we get a montage. Um, Jacob and Sam make up. They have a moment where they shake hands. They make up. They've agreed. This is very glossed over in this, but they agree to have two packs. So now there are two wolf packs. 
Renezme is growing fast. We are done with demon baby. Now we have demon toddler. Demon toddler to then demon like ten year old. I would child. say demon yeah, child. like young demon child. Boy. I thought that I didn't realize uh, that all of the ugly doll pictures were just behind the scenes. I thought that we were going to get some scenes with the ugly baby. So I felt I, very yeah, ugly I Sonic we too. I'm. I, why did that baby exist? I felt like they pulled the rug underneath. I didn't realize that was just a prop for a while. They decided it was ugly and not good. So then they went CGI. But that CGI, my next note in all caps, this CGI is so bad. To be fair, I think it's because Stephanie Meyer described an adult in human baby size. Like, this is kind of like the Renaissance paintings. Wait, wait. Oh, no. Don't it's say like what the you're Renaissance about to say. paintings. Stop it. Where it's a baby with a six pack. I can't. Does Renesme have Renesme? a six pack? No. Renesme Renaissance. No. That's where the name comes from. Renaissance May. <laughs> That's. It has to be. Renaissance May. I don't remember what happens next. So I was just disappointed because there's like this whole montage. Yeah. Bella's talking so over how fast she's growing. We're montaging into winter. So just to get an idea. So this all happened in September. Now we're going more into October, November. Because we have a moment in which now child demon child is catching snowflakes. She's jumping real high up into the air mm -hmm. to catch snowflakes. And the woman from the Denali who had an issue at the wedding shows up. Anira. Anira. I think, I think that's and her name. I think so. I don't, I don't remember. All I know is that there has to be something where we see Jamie Camper Bowel. It's coming. It's coming okay. up. It's coming up. Okay. Okay. Because the only note I have for it is, hi, is Vecna. Hi, Vecna. Yeah, no, that's, that's my next. That's my next. Okay. So I've got, I've got you. Don't worry. So she sees demon child jumping, catching snowflakes. She thinks it's an immortal child, which we will learn what this is in a little bit. Yeah. She goes to the Volturi immediately and goes, I need to report a crime. And that's where Jamie Campbell Bowers like, hey girl, hey. Hi Vecna. Hi Kirstie. And he's there. Hi Barbie. Okay, so Hi, then they make this decision and the Volturi are going to come and Alice has her vision. She drops the plant. Yeah. She has her vision. The happy times are over because they think that Renesmee is a an immortal child. Now, immortal child. We get a little bit of Denali history in this as well. So we also finally get some brutality. In all of these movies, we get some true brutality in this moment. So mm -hmm. an immortal child is someone under the age of, I'm assuming, 16. How old is Jane again? So I think that they're choosing child as like, I think the youngest vampire that we know of might be 14. Don't quote me on that. I know you're going to look it up and quote me on it. Because I think it's Jane, right? Jane might be the youngest vampire. Jane, Okay, so Jane is listed as 12 or 13. Okay, yeah. So I think it's, but when they say child, I think they mean. Like literal toddler, no more than six years old. I think so. Okay. I think or even like Jane might be pushing the limits. That's but she what has I'm a thinking. power. Like Jane. So I think she gets to be special. I think that's that's the weird thing about this is because I was like, immortal child, let's fucking look at Jane over here. Like we're also saying this as this is also young adult fan fiction. 
or not fan fiction. I'm so sorry, Stephanie. You didn't write fan fiction. I'm so, um I'm sorry. Breaking Dawn is fan fiction of Twilight, and I will not hear anything else right now. Okay, cool. So what I mean to say, this is young adult. <laughs> and when you are reading young adult, you have to appeal to the audience of that age, age group. group that you're yeah yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's why bella is 17 she doesn't want to get older than 18 that's why she's so obsessed with being young is because being adult is scary children yeah. would have to be a child to the reader and i think yes. the youngest reader would be 13 and they would say a child is six or under yeah so so, so a mortal child six or under who is turned into a vampire and they explain this because these children are and this kind of, th this proves what we talked about earlier. Your brain stays at the age you are at when you are turned. So a four-year-old yeah. who is turned into a vampire stays in a four-year-old mentality for the rest of their existence. They do not learn the rules. They cannot be controlled. They will throw temper tantrums and they have the ability to level towns. So they are incredibly dangerous and cannot exist under any circumstance full yeah. period full stop where the denali clan comes in is that the mother of the denali sisters so there's three denali sisters the mother of these three sisters made an immortal child and she was then murdered and the child was murdered and we see this happen this is the first moment in which we see someone's head was literally ripped off on camera first moment of actual brutality in all of these series and i think finally yes which i would just like to say carlisle knows that immortal children aren't allowed they are all aware that the volturi are keeping an extra close eye on them because of bella so no one thought to warn bella after she had this child hey we might want to go take care of the volturi real quick because you have a half vampire half human baby we've never heard of this immortal children though definitely illegal so if someone finds out that could cause us trouble so they don't think of hiding renesme they don't think about warning bella about it it never enters their mind even though the denali are supposed to be their like their cousins i i wonder if part of it is that they assumed that by the time the volturi showed up renesme would look old enough because they also had no idea how long she was going to age, how long she was going to live. But the beyond that, a little bit bigger than that, it blows my mind that they've never heard of a half-human, half-vampire until this point. I was thinking that too. It blows my mind that that's not a thing that's happened before. You mean to tell me that these little slutty vampires in the Volturi, in their slutty little red outfits... In their slutty little town dedicated to them have never had sex with a human oh god i just realized something what what the immortal children is a direct callback to interview with a vampire thanks for listening to eternal summer party <laughs> podcast this is our last episode ever no, here's the thing. The further and further I analyzed this movie, or like this entire series, the more parallels I saw to Interview with the Vampire. I'm very glad that we watched that. First. I'm so glad we watched that first. Like, I'm so, Look, so I'm not glad. glad that I watched it. <laughs> but I'm glad that we watched it first. 
I'm glad you watched it. I'm not. I, I am. What I hate is that the more we talk about it, though, the more Dr. Boyfriend's comment rings in my head was Akatar just fan fiction of this series. So here's the thing, though, is I think that, and we talked about this before, too. I think no, because I think what the Twilight Saga has is it has, like, you know, and we'll, we can actually, we can talk about this even more in other episodes, too. There are tropes for romance novels. There's the yeah. enemies to lovers, faded mates, only one bed, you know, uh, friends to lovers. Like, there's all these tropes, different- themes, storylines that all you these follow yes. in this genre. And in this, in Twilight is a faded mates trope. Th- that is a yeah. trope. And so- I think to say, oh, Akatar is a fan fiction. No, I think they're both just playing upon the same trope, and those tropes have rules that they're both following. Oh, speaking of Akatar, something I didn't say in the last episode, I don't think, that I do think is worth mentioning, and talking about immortal children and the half born vampire, half human baby thing, I do want to say, I think Twilight handles the pregnancy trope incredibly well i think they set up rules where it makes sense you understand the stakes and i think that there is believability to why it is so high stake and i do think that the stephanie meyer for all of her faults i like how she had the pregnancy trope i like how she wrote it i still hate the pregnancy trope i think it's very boring i like how she set it up where there were stakes for bella and it made sense why and it matched the lore that she had already set up that's all i wanted to say you don't want to get into why that relates to akatar at all no because again i've told a lot of people to read this book or like read that series and i want to try to avoid as many spoilers for that in twilight as possible but i wanted to give flowers where flowers are due because i am a hater to my core but i have to be real I like how Stephanie Meyer plays within her own lore to make these plot points. I, you know, my opinion on the other plot, you know, my opinion on that. So we'll, we'll get there when we get there. We'll get there when we get there. I just wanted to say, because I didn't say it last episode. It will be four years down the road, but we will get there when we get there. We'll get, it's all about the journey, baby. Okay. So back on point. So. I can I just go through the next few things for a little bit? Please take me on a journey. Okay. Take you on Hit a me journey. with some fast points. Uh, Sam delivers a note in the morning. Alice and Jasper have left. Why Sam delivered this note? Unsure. They went through the territory. Whatever. Sam delivered this note. It's written on the page of a William Shakespeare book. Merchant of Venice. Merchant of Venice. We'll get to that later. No one in this family communicates. No one in this no family just talks to each other. Terrible thing. So they decide, okay, we need, Carlisle has lots of friends all over the world. We're all going to go travel around the world. We're going to try and collect all these friends to come to our house in Forks and be witness to what Renesme is. To say she's not an immortal child. She's got human blood. So that when the Vol- Volturi show up, they won't kill her and all of the rest of us. So... Um, Edward and Bella and Jacob and Renesmee go up north to the Denali clan. They 
convince the rest of them. That's not the point I need to make. The point I need to make is that the actress who plays Tanya mm-hmm. is in the Witcher series. Is who? And I love her. She is the, the you know head what? teacher. I was going to say it and you said it. I have zero. I don't know why I asked because if it was not going to be Yennefer or Henry Cavill, I didn't know who it was going to be. Or Have C- you seen Siri? The Witcher? Cersei? Yeah. You've seen oh, it? Oh, God. Uh, I saw the first season when it came out. I don't know The Witcher that well. I'm not a Witcher Love person. Love The sorry. Witcher. Can you I add The you Witcher do. to our list of things to watch for this, please? You can tell me all about The Witcher, baby girl. Um, you add tell it to me our, everything about Witcher. You add it to our list of marathons that we're doing. Thank you very much. And that's going to be you, what I'm putting you on You tell this. me. You have no, a little Margo are, marathon. We are watching The Witcher together. <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> so... I just wanted to say she's in there. Then Carlisle goes to India, I think. And a Middle Eastern country. I'm going to say a Middle Eastern country. I am unclear specifically where. He is like, hey, come help. And they're like, no, we're not going to. This other guy, Benjamin, who is this vampire that's being hidden by his parents, essentially. Yeah. Jump scare. Rami Malik. Rami Malik. That was my next note. It's funny. That was my note. Rami Malik. Rami Malik is here. It gets better with the next one. So Rami Malik's in oh, this. Oh, I can't wait for the next one. He can control all of the elements. Then uh, I have another note in here. Why does Renesme look so bad? That's the fifth different spelling of Renesme. So then we get this guy who was in the Revolutionary War. Do you know who that is? Lee Pace. <laughs> Lee Pace is in this movie. Lee Pace is in this movie. I'm so sorry for blowing out that you mic. Um, blew that mic out. Lee I really Pace did. I'm is really sorry. In this fucking Lee movie. Pace. Here's the thing. I know Lee that he was going to be in it because his name was in the credits, like the opening credits. And I saw that. I'm like, Lee Pace isn't going to be in this movie. Lee Pace and then is Lee in Pace. this fucking movie. It's so wild. Which I want to pause there real, real quick. Taylor Swift begged to be in like the first movie she begged she was like i'll be an extra i just really want to be in twilight she loved being in twilight and they said no because it would be distracting <laughs> i think it is so unfair that you have rami malik and lee pace and Those fucking actual actors though <laughs> i don't care so you have these big names because the, the whole point was like it would be distracting what i'm more surprised about is that she was not on any of the soundtracks because it would have been distracting and this is before taylor swift became taylor swift this is when this, red was coming out okay so means? i want people to understand i think this just means that stephanie meyer is not a taylor swift fan i think that Ta- stephanie meyer isn't a swifty and that is such a crime i just think it's unfair I- because I don't she would think have that's been a- one of Stephanie's crimes. I just need to state for the record of all the crimes that Stephanie has. I don't think not being a Swifty is a crime. I would just like to say <laughs> Taylor could have fit in the Denali coven. No, Taylor is not necessarily my favorite actress in the world. But she could have had a small little cameo. She would have fit within the Denali coven. She has the right coloring for it. This is a weird I'm just a little bit upset. On, but I, I understand. So the other, the next thing that happens is 
more wolves are turning because more vampires are showing up in Forks, so more wolves are turning. So now Jacob is leading a fucking pack of wolves that are literal children. So now on top of imprinting on a baby, now Jacob is the pack leader to a bunch of kids. Which again, the wolves stop aging until they find the person they imprint with. So these are kids for evers. So that means these six-year-olds are going to imprint on someone someday. Okay, I will say that is a little bit dramatic. They're not six. I would say they're probably like 12. All right, fine. I'm being dramatic. They were between they were the very, ages very of young. eight and 12 years old. They were very young. And because there's so many vampires and they keep bringing more vampires in, more kids are turning. And it's insane how Which young also means these actors if are. If the kids are turning, that means that essentially all the adults at this point who can turn into vampires or turn into werewolves are werewolves. And it's kind of because they don't go over like bloodline or why more adults why aren't billy's turning why why billy didn't turn into a, a werewolf yeah so it's, it's a very also, weird like, i think they tried to retcon things because they really took out a ton of wolf like information yeah it's, it's almost like stephanie didn't actually give a shit about the werewolves and then just was like whatever make them kid like i don't care i love the vampires Wow, I'm shocked. Just make them kids. Which, if they were other boys in their 20s, or like late teens, early 20s, then I don't think I'd have as much issue with it. It's that they cast so young. Wait, can I? (laughs) I just had the funniest thought. What if instead of going to young kids, it started reaching out into forks? And fucking Mike turned into a werewolf. <laughs> Jessica's just a werewolf now, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Eric and Mike show up, and they're like, what the hell? <laughs> we're, we're all, oh, Bella? Bella? <laughs> Bella? Can you imagine? Okay, so at this point, they also discover that Bella is a shield. Yeah. Um, Lee Pace is like, yo, your wife's a shield. And I know uh, from the Denali, the girl in the Denali, one of the Denali girls says she's a shield because oh, she has like it? electric. Yeah. Cause she's electric. I and thought it like, was that she Lee pace walked up and was like, Oh, she's a shield. And then they were like, really? And then the electric was like, yeah, see, look, and she did it. So like, I, I don't know, whatever. They all discovered that she's a yeah. shield. They're also, also fucking horny. These motherfuckers. This is not a place for a demon baby to be like, they're yeah, this so is a child. This is a child walking around, and everyone is trying to jump everyone. Oh, and then we get two of my favorites. Uh, the Russian vampires show up. Yeah, love those guys. I I love that they were like we're doing, and they literally like we don't care what you're doing. You're fighting the Volturi. We're on your side. Loved those guys. They had chips on their shoulder, and I loved it. And I was like, that's me and Margot as vampires. That's us. So we're just against are- whatever. So then we reach a point where um, they're all together and they're like, shit, the Volturi are going to fight us. Like, what's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And Edward does this very impassioned speech about, like, me and my family and protecting us, blah, blah, blah. And I just have to say, Rob Pattinson, once again, is such a good actor. This man can act. Homie's got range. Homie's got range. And the fact that Homie was able to act that good in the fifth installment of these films, <sighs> knowing how much he hated it for the whole time, 
Man Can Act earned those paychecks. So they all you agree really to fight. And then I have the Volturi blah, blah, blah. Because we have another scene with the Volturi. We see Alex weird smoke thing. I don't really care about that. Yeah. Then we learn that Bella can project her shield. Cool, whatever. And then my next note is, what is wrong with Renesmee? Is it the wig? What is it? What's wrong with her when I look at her? That was the most important thought that I had to write down. So I will say it's it's the wig and there is some CGI. Mackenzie Foy, who is the actor who plays Renesmee, I need to is a lovely girl. Actually looks like because lovely girl. Uh, I think the issue is that they used her for so much, oh, but then they her. had to keep Yeah, they had to CGI her to be all of the different ages because again, Renesmee ages so so quickly and so so yeah. rapidly. Yeah. Why they don't retcon that so they can just use a normal actor and have it look normal? Mm. She was in The Conjuring. Yeah. Fascinating. No, she was oh, in I a lo- lot of stuff. I looked her I, up. I do very much recognize her. Like, I she, I look at her and I'm like, oh, yeah, her. Yeah. Um, okay. It's unfortunate that she is Renesmee. But, like, good for her. Good for her. And she's done very... Oh, she was Murph in Interstellar. That's what I recognize her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, I think it's just, there's a lot of CGI on her face. It's a bad wig. It's an unfortunate role for her to have been in, but. I think she did very well considering what she was given. I think, oh, absolutely. you know, absolutely. I had no complaints about her acting. I had, com- I had no complaints about her. I had complaints about everything that was placed upon her. They got the CGI rose petal guy to CGI <laughs> They said, you did great. We have another job for you. Cool. Great. We don't have time for interviews. Your turn. So then we, the other thing that I noticed at this point is that Bella's eyes are yellow. How long do, does being a newborn last? Is it's, I thought it was supposed to be like six-ish months, right? Supposed to be a year. So it's supposed to be a year, but her eyes turn yellow within three months. You know what? The red eyes signify they drink human blood though. So, so that's I think the it's sign in, that in, indicated her, that you have human blood. Her blood is like not in her system anymore. Yeah, she point. is vegetarian. Okay. She only drinks animal blood. So okay, maybe so that's why I will forgive it. I don't care that much. I'll forgive it. We'll move on. I miss Kirsten, Kristen Stewart's regular eyes. Have to be so real. Okay. This is when Bella discovers that Alice left her a secret note. And the secret note is Jay Jenks in... Seattle. Oh my god, my brain just went San Francisco, Salem, Seattle. Girl, what is your geography? <laughs> I don't have it any. Not, you, you know it not Salem below no, San that's, Francisco. That's just no that's how my brain was thinking of the oh, name. Oh, I thought of you were city. saying like No, I was not saying it goes San Francisco, then it goes Salem, and then it, no, Oh, that no, is no. so funny. Because I was technically behind the scenes lore. Behind the scenes lore. Um, Dr. Boyfriend and I are trying to plan a trip out to Seattle because I really want to go to Seattle. And I asked him where Forks was in comparison because I wanted to try to like make a pit stop. And he said, no, because it's very far out of the way, like a very long drive. And I was like, ah, boo. So it's like, oh, it's in Seattle. So it it does kind of geographically go up top Forks and then Seattle. And then it would be San Francisco below that because that's in california so i thought you were going down the west coast and there is a salem oregon so it would technically go seattle salem san francisco snap that's fun (laughs) 
We're learning geography. Anyways, so Bella discovers that um, we have to go meet Jay Jenks in Seattle. Jay Jenks in Seattle. This is a contact of Jasper's long time and his his partner before him has known Jasper for a long time. So this, as I want to point out, is a human that knows about as much as Charlie. So this is then indicating that there are humans around the world who know, quote unquote, know. They don't know everything, but they know something. And yes. what and all, <laughs> I really gave up spelling Renesmee's name. So what <laughs> Jasper ordered from Jay Jenks was a passport for Jacob and a passport for Renesmee. Yes. Or as I spelled here, Rabizme. <laughs> it's close enough. So Bella did not realize that, you know, it's not going to include her and Edward. So she has her Bella freakout moment because we have Bella freakout moments still. Um, yeah. Bella packs a backpack for Renamisha and Jacob <laughs> and includes a ton of money, the passports, and a letter that basically is like, you know, this very heartfelt letter. One of the grumpy vampires we haven't mentioned yet is like, You're, you put on a Facebook, good luck, and then leaves, whatever. Then we yeah. have Christmas at Charlie's. At this point, do we have a new actress for Renosafloss, or is it the same actress? Just no, it's still Mackenzie Foy. Properly? Um, I believe Mackenzie Foy is, the again, that's why Renosafloss looks so weird. <laughs> Is because I'm only calling her Renasafloss. Okay, so yeah, Renasafloss looks so weird because of all of the CGI to make her look younger and okay. age her differently. Um, because but like it this is one Roy. actress went from the from like tiny, tiny to like taller. Like there was still age growth, so that's why I was wondering if it was a new actress. Okay. I don't think so, but I so then we get this night before the battle. We have a big bonfire with all the v different vampires are telling their different stories and their there histories. There is confirmation. And I I'm gonna yeah. point out to you. This is another one of my. I saw this and I was like, I can't wait to tell Kirsty she was wrong. No, I also made a note of that. I I made a note of that because so. up until that point there wasn't confirmation, but then he confirmed it. And it does seem like vampires have choice over their mates, yes. but it is still a one and done, you're mated forever situation. So it is confirmed that Bella is Edward's mate. Carlisle tells, basically Edward is doing his Edward thing. And he's like, this is all my fault. This all happened because I fell in love with a human. And Carlisle says, you found your mate. Thus confirming. No, no, no. No, just, and that's fair. Here's I just the thing. like it's so rare that I'm right and you're wrong, and I just love this feeling because it's so rare that it happens. <laughs> There's a vampire and a werewolf inside of me, and they're duking <laughs> it out. <laughs> because I'd like to say, up until this point, it was never confirmed. It was never confirmed. You are correct. It has not been confirmed until this. It point. was just confirmed that she was his singer. Singer. And those are yes. two separate things because Emmett and Rosalie are mates, but Emmett found his singer and immediately murdered her in the yes. books. It just so, so happens that Edwards was the both because he's a masochistic lion. Yes. So I also made that note. You are correct. They are mates. And it seems like the way that vampires handle mates are you are able to choose. Yes. But it's a one and done situation. So let's move on to the best thing we can talk about it's battle time so they all walk out into this big open field 
And then, I'm sorry, is that My Chemical Romance? No, My Chemical Romance never let... Is that My Chemical... No, no, no. No, no, no. Not in music. The way the Volturi are dressed, Kirsty. Oh, oh, sorry. I got so... I was like, no, no, because Gerard Way said no. They are not allowed to use Gerard Way refused. And so Stephanie Meyer said, okay, fine. I'll put my own My Chem in there. And those Uh. Volturi outfits are... You cannot tell me otherwise. Those are a direct ripoff of My Chem. No, it's it's pretty clearly a Black Parade ripoff. Um, I do have a note. Like, if I were to become a vampire, I would immediately join the Volturi. I would immediately be like, Era, what do you want from me, babe? They looked really do? cool. They looked really cool. Like, they, I, I'm sorry, but like a long line of people in black cloaks. Yeah, I don't know how I'm supposed to look at that and not be like, that's the team. That's really they cool. Also, they're slightly more normal than the Cullens. They have normal reactions to things. They're crazy. Well- well, crazy. well, do I'm they have saying, a normal reaction? I don't know. Okay. I'd prefer so, Arrow's temper tantrums over Edward's. Can, can I have the option of neither? Can I go live with the women in the Amazon? How about that lovely Irish family? Can I go live with the Irish family? I liked them. Yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay, cool. Thank you. I do want to say there were not enough werewolves in that shot. We needed more werewolves. We yeah, needed but to they see spent just all of the CGI the pack- on Rastafloss. <laughs> Rastafloss ate up our wolf. They and this is what's heartbreaking is Seth and Leah are in only the Christmas scene as humans. We they don't get any speaking lines or anything. Billy yeah. is not even in this movie, and yet we couldn't like it. It it made me really upset that we didn't have more of them. So then we have okay, just to fly through this again, we have the whole back and forth with Arrow. Where Edward's like, read my thoughts. Here, let me show you exactly how I conceived this child. Now Arrow has seen them have sex. Woo-da-doo. They have a whole back and forth. And then the Denali sister comes. Oh, and then Renezme comes up and is like, hi, Mr. Arrow man. I'm not going to let you touch my hand. I'm going to slap your face instead. Just kidding. She gives him a little nice little pat on the face. She should have just slapped him. She should have slapped that boy. So then the Denali sister comes up and she's like, this doesn't look like the same child. Like, she's changed. Like, I, I'm sorry I was wrong. And they're like, well, we don't allow mistakes here. And they kill her. Yeah. Now, the other Denali sisters do not take that very well. And the rest of the... So they start running towards the Volturi. One of the Amazon women's takes their sight away. They stop them. They manage to call them down. It's okay. And then... Jane decides to attack Edward. Bella shields Jane, and Jane is, has now decided that Bella is her mortal uh, nemesis because Bella can protect people from Jane. So then we get yes. this weird speech from Arrow. I kind of skipped over it because it was just sounded like a madman ranting. And then our it's, least favorite yeah. ever, Alice, shows up. So yeah, Alice, Alice X Machina comes in with Jasper, and she's like, "Hey, guess what?" Don't do the thing you want to do. Like, okay, we and have proof. To, I've been trying to fly through this because this is the moment that I want to talk to. Alice walks up and is like, here, I have proof that Renesmee is not going to be a danger to our people. I have proof of that. She reaches out. She walks up. And here's the thing. And this is the moment. And I want to say I know this because I saw video clips of this. What happens is. A fight ensues. Alice says, it doesn't matter what I say. 
you're not going to listen. She literally flips around and kicks Arrow in the chin, sends him flying backwards. Arrow then starts attacking. Carlisle doesn't like that because you're attacking his family. They run towards each other. Arrow snaps off Carlisle's head and holds it up. And this is the moment in which every movie theater erupted into cheering. I want to make it very clear that this is how this movie was being filmed in the time it was in theaters. People were not going to this being like, like there were people that were still like, oh my God, Edward, oh my God. But most of the people went to watch this movie to cheer when that man's head got ripped off. Yeah, that was crazy. That is how much. And now here's the thing. I also want to make this clear. We're going to talk about this ensuing fight. We're going to talk. We're just going to walk this through, go through this. We don't, we have to spend much time on it. This does not exist in the, in the book. book. No. This entire fight this. sequence is not in the book. You want to talk about how they padded this out to be two hours? It was that. It was this. Yeah. It was, they padded this whole thing out for this it, huge massive I, fight sequence mm. that did not happen in the book. So you are watching this movie and you think this active thing happened. The actual ending to this movie is the most anticlimactic bullshit you've ever seen. It is. Out of a book. Like it's it, so anticlimactic. Ooh, Nothing ooh. happens. It's insane. I have never seen this movie. I have seen like the severed head You've of seen like the severed head. You see, but never seen I always it assumed that was just like, nightmare or something i don't i know i don't know what i thought so i was watching this and i'm like oh my god they actually killed car like i thought that this was a real fight yeah. scene so and i that's was the thing. flabbergasted that's the thing is when you watch it so i i had heard that it was part of that because i think my sister watched it and like spoiled it for me but what years ago when it first came out i went into this unspoiled i went into this unspoiled i was shook i'm so glad i didn't say anything to you because i knew and i'm so so glad you got to experience that. I was shook. I thought this was like a fake, tra- like I've seen like the severed head picture. I thought it was a fake trailer for the movie or something. I don't know what I thought. Oh, I went yeah. into this unspoiled. I was, this is like learning that Darth Vader is Luke's father. I was like, oh my God. And I was watching it by myself. And then Anna an Kendrick comes house. onto the screen and goes, uh, his name literally means dark father. <laughs> literally is what happened (laughs) yeah so yeah i god i'm so glad i didn't spoil that for you because i like at this point i knew that i knew that going into this that it was like okay which is why i didn't take big notes on it so i was like all right well let's get through this whole vision thing whatever i was taking notes i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god listing all the people in order i'm like they they did that holy shit they did that this isn't in the book so glad okay because i literally my new my like literally whole thing is like okay 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 and uh we're back uh so yeah i just want to point that out the other thing i want to point out one of them got past stephanie one of them got she didn't have the ultimate power there was another black vampire (laughs) yeah well technically also the amazons so i just um, had that thought too so the amazon movie no the movie did um forcibly put people of color as vampires also the the indie middle eastern i'm just gonna say middle eastern because i don't know for sure if they were from india so the middle eastern people they were um, not from india i can tell you right now they're not from india they are from like egypt i think 
actually yeah, okay maybe i i can't remember middle east it's it is middle much east. more eastern yeah. yeah so the amazonian the middle eastern we have another black vampire on the volturi he so yeah. do you want to go through a play-by-play of this no okay we'll do a, a short version of the, it there's a the huge one, fight scene. a ton of people die seth, the one that got me was seth died that was the seth, one moment oh that my got god me, was seth dying seth died Esme died. Leia died. Jasper died. Yeah, Jasper died. They throw um, Bella. Edward throws Bella like she's Mrs. Incredible. Edward almost dies. He comes flying out like he's Superman. He There's an entire fight sequence where they know perfect acrobatics now. Bella yeah. and Edward kill Arrow. I just also want to say uh, Jane gets killed by Sam. And that shot where Sam in wolf form walks up and drops that hand out of his mouth and is growling. That was one of my favorite shots. Like, I feel it, like that yeah. was, that was stunt. Like that it, moment it was of like, very, oh, this rah. fight scene was chaotic. It was chaotic. Very well shot. This was a yes. very good fight scene. Avengers Endgame could never. Could never. This was better um, than Avengers Endgame, that final fight scene. Vecna died. Vecna. He got killed in a very Vecna style. Let's just he say he did. So it was a vault. It was a. It was a Denali woman. Tanya mm-hmm. reached into his mouth and held one jaw down and pulled the rest of his head up off. Very yeah. Vecna style ending. Also, the third Volturi member. I don't know his name. It was so funny. The Russians come up and they rip off all of his pieces, and he just goes finally and i was like that man wants to die so bad that man is ready to die he is ready he is ready to die and then so that happened and then i have ands back to reality wait so i was yeah. pissed when this happened so my notes were you mean to tell me this is fake for why why did we do this for what end did you do this now to now me? here's the thing is everyone in the movie theaters this whole fight scene's going they're cheering they're having and like this is the thing i don't know where you were when this happened i was on tumblr and i got to see the end results of this everyone was talking about it on tumblr i wasn't on twilight tumblr i was on supernatural oh see i was on the anti-twilight tumblr so that's how i saw this no i was like deep in homestuck tumblr yeah see, that's where i was so i was not being touched. Levels, i was yeah. shielded mm-hmm. in a little yeah, bubble see, with supernatural and homestuck i got this i got this part so people are cheering they're going crazy they're like yeah they're dying woohoo this is great and then it switches back to reality and everyone was so fucking pissed and i'm like did none y'all read the books where you been we stick to the books around here like so we're book people book people it's in the book as kirsty would say it's in the book (laughs) it's in the book book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah so I have a moment here. So we go back and Alice is like, see, this is your future if you do this. And the other thing that happens is a Brazilian man and woman walk up. Mm -hmm. They are in traditional Brazilian attire. Uh, I would say, how do you, how do you explain this? Like, Um, I would explain it as all of the white vampires are decked out in super nice clothes. And if you are a brown vampire, then Minus you are Volturi in one. tribal. Yeah. Like, nope. Hey, here, even against the Volturi, if you are the Amazons, if you are the Brazilian people, you are in tribal clothes. 
Everyone else is in nice clothing. You're decked out in actual clothes. If you are not a white vampire fighting against the Volturi, you are in tribal clothes. If you are not a white vampire and you are with the Volturi, you're in their robes. That's it. So even though Stephanie was like, fine, we can have diversity, she still snuck her racism in there. And it's the fact that not once did they put on actual clothing. Again, this is the middle of December, so it's super snowy. There's snow on the ground. It's snowing. They are vampires. Still. But still not a good look, Stephanie. Not a good look. So he this guy comes up to he goes i'm half human half vampire i'm just like this child we discover he's been alive for 105 years he fully aged over the course of seven years mm-hmm. he can eat human food and he can eat um blood he has this woman who cared for him since he was a baby he turned her into a vampire as well so that was his aunt together. his mother was human and died yes so his mother died in him. childbirth aunt took care of him she's now a vampire too so he turned her important to note because apparently men like half vampire men are able to turn renezme cannot turn anyone really yes uh they don't say it outright in the movies but in the books she bites jacob constantly she in the books (laughs) Um, because that was like another plot point that i was kind of like when I'm like, well, you can't just bring Charlie over. You don't know how Renezme is going to act. In the books, mm. when this happens, she has bitten Jacob so many times. She's bitten everyone else so many times. She oh. tries to apparently bite Bella when she's born to like turn oh, her. Right. Um, I forgot so about that. Renezme oh cannot God. turn anyone. And it seems to be because female half vampires don't have that ability. Which again goes back to my comment last time that male vampire venom seems to be more important because it also has the ability to impregnate. Here's the thing. We reach a point. So Arrow's like, fine. All right, whatever. Whatever. We're fine here. I'm fascinated by this, whatever. And and Vecna is like, but they're siding with werewolves. And I love how Arrow just puts up a hand and I'm like, even Arrow doesn't want to fuck with the werewolves. Even Arrow is like, no, we're not fucking touching the werewolves. No, I draw the line at werewolves. We can't lore drop at the last 10 minutes of the movie, dude. Vecna, shut the fuck up. Save it for season five. Vecna, we can't. I I love how Arrow is like, at this point, Arrow's doing anything to fight the Cullens. And and (laughs) Vecna's like, the werewolves. And he's like, no, no, no werewolves. Can't do the werewolves. We're done. We're done. And okay, so the Russians are like, you have made a mistake. And they get so angry. The Russians leave. Everyone else starts making out. And then we have the classic happy ending. So I just want to point out once again to reiterate, the entire fight scene that we talk about is not in the book. So in the book, we get Edward shows his thoughts. Renesmee shows what she can do. Carlisle and Arrow have a conversation. Alice shows up. She shows the future. This half wolf, half vampire, half human, half vampire from Brazil shows up. He shows what he can do. Arrow says, okay, fine. And then everyone leaves. That's the ending of the book. Uh, They bring up in the books. They bring up that the werewolves like Jacob and tribe, they are not actually werewolves, but shapeshifters. 
Okay, so this is okay. So we want to talk. We, about this we now. wanted to talk about this last time. Kind of bring this up, and I like, and you were like, "We're going to talk about it later." And I was like, "No, we have to talk about this later." Because I thought they yeah. would bring it up in the movie, and then they didn't. They did not. So technically, let me get on my little soapbox here. Technically, these are not werewolves. Technically, these are shapeshifters. There is some debate in on some corners of the internet as to the difference between a a shapeshifter, a werewolf, and a lichen. Now, a lichen. And a shapeshifter, there's different rules for the both depending on what a lore rules you're going to construct. For the purpose of this, I'm just going to say they are shapeshifters because werewolves turn into a wolf on the full moon. They do not have control over their bodies. They turn into a yeah. different creature on the night of the full moon and they have no control and then they turn back into themselves. They are also specifically called, werewolves are also specifically referred to as children of the moon. Yes, because they are controlled by the moon. Which the Volturi are like, well, it's, they're not actually werewolves. It's they're daytime and they're wolves. They're shapeshifters. They're not actually children of the moon. Because even Jacob's like, this is news to me. Which means there's actual werewolves in this world? Yeah. Do you know what I, a thought I had that I think would be so funny? 40, 50 years from now. Uh-huh. Stephanie Meyer sits down. She goes, you know, it's time for Renesmee and Jacob's story. Um, Actually, no, I think she is working on or has written a Renesmee story. No, she hasn't written one. I think she might be working on one, though. Whatever. I just think it'd be really funny if she just sat down and she was like, all right, enough time has passed. I'm keeping it in the real world, but it's 50 years later. So let me just make it Renesmee and Jacob's story now. So I would like to say uh, Stephanie Meyer is currently 50 years old. Okay. In 30 years. Okay. She's 50? That's right. Because she was 30 when she wrote these. I keep thinking yeah, she was Her birthday so is Christmas Eve. I'm shocked she didn't make Bella's birthday Christmas Eve. So I'm going to just let's fly through the ending here because we have been recording for way too long. I know some parts of this are going to get cut out, but we've been recording for way too long. Three hours. So, um, okay. So I, here's the thing. We're we, in the meadow scene again. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. oh you really don't want to skip ahead. Okay. No, I okay. do not. There's a very important line that I want to talk about. So everyone starts leaving. We have a happy little thing. Jacob and Edward have a conversation. And Edward and Jacob goes, so she's not, she's not going anywhere for a long time. Huh? And Edward's like, nope, she's not. And Jacob goes, so does that mean I should start calling you dad? This wasn't, did you watch it? Did you watch an extended edition? No, I did not. There's no breaking down extended edition. I do not remember this part of the movie at all. Are you serious? Yeah. Hold on. Okay, whatever. This recording's so long. I need to show you this. No, that's fine. Hey, dude, that's fine. I don't remember this at all. Okay. So. Okay, continue. I did also just look up while you were doing that. There is no extended edition of Breaking Dawn Part 2. So that is in the movie. How the hell you missed that? I don't know because I made specific note of that because one, she's still a child. Maybe and he's I already making out, references dude. to being called dad. 
maybe that's why maybe i blacked it out maybe my brain is trying to protect me but no i don't remember that conversation at all i was really focused on the scene so what happens after this is then alice shows and alice gets a vision of jacob and renesme on the beach they're romantic partners oh my god you're right and then edward and bella show up and alice so it happens right before that I don't know how I missed that line of dialogue. I think my brain blacked it out. I think my brain was like, I need to protect you. <laughs> I need to keep you safe. You need to get up in the morning and go to work and function as a normal human being. And I know it's not going to happen if you see it right now. This is why I haven't been sleeping. Because because of all the things that I was like, okay, all this different stuff. It's not his choice. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. That one line ruined all of it. Oh, see, what ruined it was when he gave Renesmee a bracelet at Christmas because he gave Bella a bracelet. Fuck, I didn't even put that together. I didn't even put that. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's Jacob! no way that this was ever meant to be anything this but no romantic. And we can pretend and we can dance around, but that's why this movie is so weird. This plot line is so weird. Worst way to resolve a love triangle. Worst. But. The li- one of the literal worst ways that you could have resolved this love triangle. Okay, so we get to the meadow scene. What happens in the meadow scene, Kirstie? The meadow scene. They are talking. They're finally having their little happy ending. Bella says, I want to show you something. She has been able to control her shield powers, so she lets her shield down so Edward can now read her mind. We have a little montage of Everything from Twilight up until that moment, he gets to see her falling in love with him through her eyes. Again, I was Team Edwards, so this moment was actually incredibly touching to me. Okay, so honestly, so sweet. Here's the thing I have to say: this was actually quite cute because they also did that song "A Thousand Years," which like just fucking ended me. Stop it! They have this song "A Thousand Years" playing while we get this montage of all the way from the beginning when Bella and Edward first meet and all this stuff. And and you know me, you know the emotional state Mm -hmm. I was in last night. I was like, oh my god, this is actually really cute. Like so sweet. Actually, very and like the team Edward that was in me sees the love in this mm-hmm. i i must say that there is a part of me that it was was team edward so i need to see this i melted when it was forever forever killed me that got me in my heart i was like oh i must say that then the way that they ended this with going to the book page and we get to see our own little part of forever the last line of the book and that fades away and then we have this very you know we lit they list every single actor that has ever been in one of these movies yeah all of them we get every single one and it's very cute whatever and then we get to the end and incredibly touching jacob black and it goes to the book and it shows in the book the first name the first time that jacob black is introduced and it shows his name and then it goes and you see Taylor Lautner as Jacob Black. And then it does the same thing with Edward. And it shows in the book the first time you see him introduced as Edward Cullen. And then it shows him. And then it shows Bella Swan. And I just have to say, I think that was It was very, wildly emotional. It was strangely emotional. Very much feeding to the fans. That was made for those fans. That was made for those. Like... that's all that was for but like you said weirdly touching 
Like very weird. And like to a point that I was like, I do this all over again. I'd watch them all again. And that's how it gets you. Because if the last one can lead you back to the first one, you're just going to keep doing this. And you're going to have, you're going to ride the roller coaster that is New Moon and Twilight and and New Moon. And then you're going to get to Eclipse. And then you're going to have the dumpster fire that is Breaking Dawn Part 1. And then you get to the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2. And it brings you right back around because you get this emotional ending. And you're like, "Eh, maybe it wasn't so bad. But that's it, why we're here. And we're here to tell yeah. you, no, it was that fucking bad. It, it was that bad. Guys, you can just go back and listen to our podcast over and over again. I can promise you, you we're going to get a much better experience. <laughs> and um, way funnier because we're hilarious. So It's quite true. I will say, I, I kind of clowned on the CGI book pages because I'm like, this would have been really cool. I would have loved that. Had we have seen it in any other instance or like had anything to do with it in like the first book or the first movie. So I clowned on it a little bit in my notes, but then thinking back and I'm like, it was actually a very good way to end the series. It was, it made me nostalgic for the books. It made me nostalgic for the first movies. It reminded me of a simpler time in my life. It makes you want to go back and read the books. Wild to think that I would ever have a moment in my adult life besides, oh my God, I think I have to read these books for the podcast in which I went, I'd read those books. Like wild that it evoked that emotional response to me that I was like, I'd do it again. I'd read them again. I'd watch them again. Like, and it 100% fan service and 100% fan service for even those people that say they hate Twilight so fucking much. They have this little tiny 13 year old in their brain Mm -hmm. that is so sad and lonely and just wants to be loved and was madly in love with Edward Cullen. And then the 14 year old that was madly in love with Jacob Black. And then you go, oh, fuck, maybe I do want to heal my inner child a little bit. It, It was wild how and that's when i texted you and i was like kirstie i kind of want to cry like this is wild that i'm getting this emotional at the end of this yeah. fucking movie <laughs> no it was wildly emotional and then did you stay until the credits like the final credits i did not get through the final credits i didn't stay through the entirety of the final credits because i needed to i wanted i was watching on amazon prime where again yeah. if you pause then it will say like information about like who's on screen or the songs playing whatever right um, I was too far away, so, like, they wanted to play the next movie. So when I tried to, like, pause the movie, it mm-hmm. just wanted to play the next one. I'm pretty sure Green Day were the end credits. So it's I'll Love You for a Thousand Years, and then it was fucking Green Day. Hold on. It wasn't, like, a sweet Green Day song. It was, like, a rock Green Day song. There are no sweet Green Day songs, are there? Um, I mean, like, Best Time of Your Life. All right, that's about the closest we can get. Okay. No, you're right. It is because I ju- I figured I I looked up the soundtrack. It's The Forgotten by Green Day. Yeah. Also, I just want to say this soundtrack back to the original. We've got Passion Pit. We've got Feist. We've got St. Vincent. We've got James no, it, Vincent. The soundtrack did go back to the original. It yes. followed what made the first Twilight so good, and it was focusing on the indie emo music. Pause. Pause. Pausing. What? I've discovered something. What? Nikki Reed. Mm-hmm. Who plays Rosalie. Rosalie. Yeah. Is a musician. What? Unless this is a different Nikki Reed 
who has a song on this soundtrack. Oh my god. What? <laughs> it's the same Nikki Reed. It's the same Nikki Reed. Ooh, first we start with Rob, <laughs> now we have Nikki. Good for them. Also, I want to note Nikki Reed is dating Ian Summerlander. They're expecting a baby. Um, I'm pretty sure they're married. Okay, well, they're expecting a baby, so they're together. Yeah. I didn't know that. Fun fact, me. Yeah, no, uh, she actually just posted a very funny reel where they bumped into each other, but they edited their different vampire characters. Oh, to like be looking so at each funny. other it was that's really funny so i'll funny. i'll share it when we post this episode i'll share it uh somewhere but it, it was quite comical um, i did not know that um, no it was funny god i can't believe we're done with breaking dawn we're done with the twilight marathon i can't believe we made it through honestly me neither um before we wrap up i wanted to tell you one final thing okay i wanted to bring us full circle oh god i'm scared remember in the first Twilight episode. No, where because I was that, you, we literally f- recorded that in November. Okay. So do you remember when I was telling you about the domino theory? Oh my God. I'd like to add a new domino for you. Okay. So to recap, the domino theory is that 9-11 happened, which is what inspired My Chemical Romance, which is what inspired Stephanie Meyer, which is what inspired Fifty Shades of Grey, which is what... Got Dakota Johnson famous uh, because Fifty Shades of Grey was turned into a movie. Dakota Johnson went on Ellen. She and Ellen had beef. She called Ellen out on her show, and that was the downfall to Ellen. Hmm. There is a new domino theory. I'm so scared. So it would have been 9-11 happened. My Chemical Romance was formed. Twilight became famous. The movies got made and cast Rob Pattinson. Rob Pattinson worked with Christopher Nolan on yes. a movie Tenant. Yes. At the end of Tenant, at the rap party, Rob Pattinson gifted him the book of Oppenheimer's speeches, which is what inspired Oppenheimer. So without Twilight, we would not have Oppenheimer. Which by correlation means we wouldn't have Barbenheimer. We would not have Barbenheimer. Which, I will be honest, I think Barbenheimer is something that directly led to the popularity of Barbie because yes. so many people went as a joke and they were like, oh shit, that's actually a really good movie. Yeah. So we could also add that domino theory that the fact that Barbie was so popular was because of Twilight. hmm Yes. And on that note, I'm going the fuck to bed. I'm I was thinking about Breaking Dawn Part 2 all day today. I had a four-hour work meeting today, and I spent it thinking about fucking Edward. Not fucking Edward, about Edward and the Cullens. I'm not thinking about, I need to go to bed. Okay, I'll take us out. Um, I actually don't know. <laughs> I was about to start okay. switching off our socials, and On- I never have to say it, so you're going to have to do it. Percy- doesn't know the name of our socials she just no. thinks they're her own socials no i just want them see, baby if you want to see kirstie run rampant on social media you can find us at eternal slumber party pod on instagram and threads if you want to send us an email share your thoughts give us suggestions corrections comments twihards come for us let's have an open discussion i'd love to hear your thoughts maybe stephanie stephanie if you want to send us an email that's eternal slumber party podcast at gmail.com Send us all of your thoughts, feelings, vibes there. 
You can also send us DMs on Instagram if you really want to. That's up to you. If you feel like being extra sweet, you can leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you are listening to us on. If you send us those five-star reviews, we would love to start reading them on the show at some point soon. We'll see. But you guys have to be good for that to happen. It has to be a good five-star review. So, like, we're picky. Remember, you can be mean to us because that's always a little bit funny, but please be respectful to other groups. We can take it. Other groups may not. I can't take it. Be nice to me. I have no... You can be mean to me. Bully me. I don't care. (laughs) We've determined which one of us is the stupid lamb and which one of us is a sick masochistic lion. Um, If you liked this episode... Then please send it to your best friend. Send it to someone that you would face off against the Volturi with. If you hated this episode, then send it to your worst enemy. Send it to someone you think is like Stephanie Meyer. If you hated this podcast, send it to Stephanie Meyer. If you hated this podcast, send it to Stephanie Meyer. If you love this podcast, send it to Stephanie Meyer. Um, If you nothinged this podcast, send it to Stephanie Meyer. Don't actually bomb stephanie meyer with our podcast please i don't want a restraining order i actually don't want a restraining order either i don't i don't want to spend that much of my life thinking about stephanie meyer um stephanie meyer is way more powerful than we give her credit for i just need to recognize that no that's incredibly true anyway stephanie come on the podcast and we will have a conversation i have a great fish day or don't we need to wrap this bad boy up so the choice is yours. <laughs> God, we're I, done. I, we fucking, we made it. We lived. We survived. Are you going to be okay? No. I'm going to have, have another therapy session tomorrow. <laughs>